If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
United States. The views, opinions, and representations expressed on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network and its website are those of the hosts, guests, and participants, and are not necessarily those of or endorsed by the network, its affiliated stations and broadcasts, the management, other hosts, or advertisers of the network. The shows found on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network can, but do not necessarily, promote any particular lifestyle, belief, religion, political affiliation, or other personal practice. These shows are for entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to treat, diagnose, and or claim any cure of disease or condition, or give any medical or legal advice. From our compound, from the West Coast to the East Coast, to worldwide, both on the Internet and terrestrial radio, you're listening to Gary Anderson on Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. And here I am, and it is definitely after dark, a day before Halloween, the witching season of the year. Can't wait for it. I got one bag of candy to give out to the eight or nine kids that come. And if it's not any more than eight or nine kids, I'm going to have a bag of candy for myself. What can I say? Ah, you know what? It is chilly here at the compound down at the harbor. I got the heater going in my studio I tell you, normally the studio is so hot, I can't take the heat. Now it's the opposite. It is chilly. What can I say? Hey, James, are you here with us tonight on Night Dreams? Yes. Yes, I am. And uh, just so you know, it was a blustering 65 degrees today. <laughs> well, what happened to the 70? Well, I guess getting close to November, they are calling for 50s this weekend. That's going to be a shock. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what else has been going? Anything exciting in your life? <laughs> That's that right there is funny. No, no <laughs> well, what you know? So I was doing a radio show. <laughs> I try to keep my life boring. I I got enough excitement with the things I've seen that you can't unsee and and whatever. So what what about the excitement in your life? Has has Miss Gary um, uh, raised the the uh, long arm of revenge yet <laughs> no but don't forget what i'm doing tonight because tomorrow tomorrow's halloween the uh oh. the, the new creature is gonna be you know drug to the side of her bed for round two of uh horror uh waking up to horror that's what's gonna happen she'll get up at four thirty and get ready to go take a shower and this other creature will be standing looking down at her that the one you got the lady in blue with the messy hair that is a scary looking boy if you could like uh levitate her where she was parallel with her like face to face a couple of feet above her she would really uh she'd really attack you <laughs> i don't know i you know i'll just wait and see hopefully she has a big insurance policy in case she, <laughs> yeah, that's she in case she keels over dead That'd be another call to the insurance company, like the Rock one. Uh, yeah, I had this uh, Halloween figure, and I gave her a heart attack. So can you send a check, please? Nah, she doesn't have a bad heart. She would have died on the first one. But you can you imagine, though, I still keep thinking about that, you know. Uh, I would have videoed it, but, she, you know, she doesn't sleep with anything on at night. So, I mean, <laughs> I, she would have not liked me putting that up on Facebook. And I don't think Facebook would have liked that. No, but she would be an internet sensation somewhere throughout. I'm sure. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, probably oh. in Minnesota. 
Oh, <laughs> were you sure not Florida or Tennessee? I don't know. But you know what? In the news, a lady dressed up going to, well, a, you know, a dance. And she dressed up in a bloody Carrie. Remember Carrie, that movie Carrie, the original Carrie? Costume. And what yeah. happened is a deer ran out in front of her car. She hit the deer and she was knocked unconscious. Well, when the paramedics and the police got there, they saw her in this bloody, you know, dress with blood all over her face, over her arms, all over, just soaking wet with blood. And they thought, well, they thought, oh, this is, they thought it was actually the most horrifying accident they seen in years. And then they found out it was a costume. Yeah, that would be, uh, what do they call that, cry wolf, so to speak? Not I mean, really. She got, did get an accident. She hit a deer and she was knocked unconscious. Yeah, so well, there's nothing this? that she did she did to fake it, you know, it happened. But, I mean, all I, this blood was, you know, going to a dance. Right. Well, imagine if she was knocked out pretty bad with a concussion and she wakes up with tubes or something all hooked up to her. And she really not that bad. Yeah. And two things has happened here in the last couple of weeks. One here just happened. The one before it, a guy decided to get even with all his friends in his funeral. And he had a recorder uh, in the uh, uh, casket. So when they, you know, were done with the, uh, oh, what do you call it? The services, right? All of a sudden, there was a knocking inside the coffin. And, and it was screaming, get me out of here. Get me out of here. I'm not dead. Well, it was a recording, naturally. But I freaked out. You know, a lot of people were passing out and, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that would tend to shock people. I, I just got a strong feeling on that one. That reminds me the term saved by the bell. In the old days, they would bury you too soon. So they started putting bells, a little string in the coffin with you in case you weren't dead and you woke up, you rang the bell, saved by the bell. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> one of those. Sci- I can't remember what type of show it was, if it was like uh, a Twilight Zone or maybe Outer Limits or one of the other ones they had. But where, yeah, where the guy, no, it's after Thriller, where the guy, you know, did something that would, he, voodoo, and he knew he was dying, okay? So this lady did whatever it did, so when he died, he would come back life again, and he would live forever. The problem is, when he died, they embalmed him. Okay, so when, you know, he was laying there in the parlor and all of a sudden he stood up or he sat up and he was screaming in pain because of the embalming fluid and he'd have to live the rest of his life in pain. Yeah, that that would throw a curveball in your plan if they took all your insides out and filled you up with green stuff. I mean, I mean, that that would wreck that whole scenario. Then then he would be an angry zombie, I guess he would be, basically. Oh, yeah, and that would be horrible. And then at another funeral, a bunch of uh, mourners got stoned after the, uh, well, after the uh, services because they went to a uh, restaurant and ate a cake that somehow had hash in it. And, <laughs> and these 13 people were stoned out of their mind. You know, I've seen people that's never, I've seen tricks like this before on people that uh, have never been high before. I remember when I was in high school, somebody put some stuff in the teacher's drink. I think it was LSD or something. But, you know, next thing I know, they're talking about 
purple rainbows and rabbits and stuff. Where <laughs> I was like, what? What? It's a history teacher. What's that got to do with it? And uh, yeah, I guess that's what happened. But the people who did it got in serious trouble. Imagine that. I don't. I couldn't imagine why. Well, I imagine these people at the restaurant. I don't know if one of their cakes. Special cakes out of hash, which is illegal anyway, uh, got got served to all these people that you know just got done seeing their their loved one, you know, sent off, and they're going to a restaurant just to talk it over, and they're getting high as a kite. Yeah, that would be uh, a shock to your system, especially you know if it was older people and never got high before. And uh, I always I, I I have trust issues with restaurants. One thing I never do is ever send food back. I said, don't ever do that. Oh no, don't do that. <laughs> I, I I got a story to tell you, and I just want to say hi to Clarence with Close Encounter Radio too. People check him out uh, on the internet. No, years and years ago, okay, because I'm going on sixty eight here, coming January. This puts me back in my mid twenties. I had a friend or two brothers they were friends of mine they came from greece they owned a marble quarry and they brought their mother over they were multi-millionaires and she wanted to die in the united states that's what was her wishes so they they came over and for a hobby they they bought a restaurant and converted it to a greek restaurant and I had I had this one friend who was so freaking cheap. I didn't realize how cheap he was. He came from a very wealthy family, well-to-do. And the first time he asked me, hey, you want to go out to dinner? I go, yeah, I can't afford Oh, no, it's on me. So we go to the most expensive restaurant at that time in Seattle. I mean, back then it was like $150, $200 for your dinner, a person. This is many years ago, right? So I'm eating the dinner. It tastes really good. He's eating the dinner like you wouldn't believe because the guy was even, I wasn't fat then. I'm fat now, but he was skinny. I mean, he was fat. I was skinny. He was like woofing the food down. Okay. And he was eating the desserts. He was eating all kinds of stuff. Right. And then, and now you have to understand, this is a very high class restaurant with a lot of well-to-do people in there. He started holding the stomach and going, oh, my stomach hurts so bad. Ooh, I think something was bad. Well, naturally, the waiters come running over. Are you okay? Are you okay? And he goes, no, my stomach hurts. Well, it, it, okay. So I figured, okay, I'd give the guy a benefit of the adult, uh, a doubt. Well, he didn't have to pay for the, the dinner. Okay? They just gave us the dinner for free, which I felt really embarrassed. <laughs> uh, a couple months later, this is before I married my current wife. I had a girlfriend at that time. So he goes, hey, let's go out for dinner again. And I kind of forgot about what he did the other time. So we go out to a very expensive restaurant, a different one, naturally. And he orders the most expensive food, you know, and tells everybody to order whatever they want, you know, order what (laughs) champagne, all this stuff, right? Halfway through the dinner, he runs to the bathroom, comes back, and he starts, oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, you know, the same routine that he pulled the other time. Okay, so, you know, naturally they come over and they, they, they what can we do to make it right? He goes, oh, I don't know, I got food poisoning. And he's saying this where people can hear it, right? So yeah. they, they say, oh, don't worry about it. He, you know, hey, you know, the food's on us, all of you guys. The drinks, the food's on us, you know, and we walk out. 
And I said, you, you're pulling a scam here. This is the second time you've done this. And I caught you in it. He goes, yeah. And I said, how much money do you have, Bob, in your wallet? <laughs> and he opens up and he has five freaking dollars. What would happen if they wouldn't accept it? I certainly wouldn't have had four or five hundred dollars that night for that dinner with all, you know, the two girls and the, me and him. He only had five lousy dollars on him. I am telling you, that's what you call living life on the edge. I, I did something like that about, I don't know, a long time ago. Well, I, like I just had tea come out of my nose. You did something <laughs> like that? Yeah, like 35 years ago. My One of my buddies, he would have uh, an illegal gambling night. Like he had these tables. looked like a regular house. But when you'd go in on a gambling night, you flip these tables over, and he had roulette tables and poker tables and all kind of stuff. And So I had like... I think I had twenty dollars on me, and we're and I said, "Sit down this game." I didn't realize what it was, but there's seven people in it. You get one card, and um, you get one card. You got to bet twenty dollars. If you stay in and you get beat, you got to match the pot. So that's one hundred forty dollars. You got to match if you get beat, right? So I didn't realize what I was getting into. Then I realized, oh wait a minute, I got twenty dollars. I'm in. I can't cover this. So. I told my buddy, I said, go out and start the car. <laughs> Open the passenger door up. <laughs> if you see me come run and jump in, take off, right? Because, I, you know, they're going to be mad. I can't cover $140. But luckily, I won. I actually won. I had a 10. I had the high card, which was, you know, what's the odds of winning that with a 10? I mean, that was, <laughs> I was sweating bullets, let me tell you. So I had to go out and tell my buddy, come on back in, we're going to stay a while. But that was that was one of those things, you, you know, I didn't have enough money to cover. What was you going to do? But I didn't plan it like that where your buddy did. He he had that old plan with five bucks on him. That's ballsy. Uh, yeah, could you imagine? I mean, some of these places, you, they don't make you wash dishes. They just take you out in the back of the building, you know, in the alley and beat the you-know-what out of you. I, I, I just, you know, after that, I decided... You know what? Bob is no longer a friend of mine anymore, and I wouldn't go out with him. And it really hurt his feelings. I said, look, you know, I don't know where you learned this scam, okay? But there's only so many upper-class restaurants. What are you going to start doing, taking us to Denny's after this? I, I yeah. mean, it was embarrassing. I mean, you've seen it once. You've seen it like a couple weeks later, a second time. You know he was pulling a scam. And there's people yeah, like that. Yeah, you need to check his wallet before you go and make him give you the money, obviously. But, you know, some restaurants are all different. I, You know, 25-plus years ago, me and my, my father, God bless his soul, he passed now, but we used to go to the track once a week, and before we would go, we would go all this all-you-could-eat Chinese place, and they had all-you-could-eat uh, chicken wings. And he was a pretty big boy, and I, I could eat a lot, too, so we had a big old plate full of just you know, use chicken wings, and the the lady come over. They they were mad because they weren't. You know, we was really getting our money's worth. They were losing money. <laughs> yeah, they and were. She, yeah, she come over. She literally said, "You eat too much. No more for you. <laughs> you guys are cut off and kicked us out." We was like, "Wait, the sign says all you can eat." You know, and and Marley uh, got so mad he took all those wings and just threw them all over the place. But it was. <laughs> I never been kicked out of place for doing what you're supposed to do. You know, it, we wasn't doing nothing wrong. We was eating all you could eat, but they didn't like that. You know, uh, we've got our money's worth. <laughs> yeah, remember. but they they look they were in these places that and there's not many of them around anymore because you, you can't really make much money. 
But the, no. the the point is, okay, they expect you to get mashed potatoes or dressing, salad, and all this other stuff, right? Not take yep. 10 pounds of chicken wings and, and whatever their top thing is. You know, hey, don't give me this that slice of roast. Give me the whole freaking roast. Oh, no, no, right. you can't have the roast. It's eight. No, I want the whole roast. It says all you can eat. I can eat that whole roast. Give me that three-pound roast. No, oh, come on. Naturally, they're going to ask you to leave. The least they could have gave you a doggy bag and said, here, put it in the doggy bag. Get the hell out. Yeah, and, you know, we used to go there, like, I don't know, like three weeks in a row. Well, the next week, it gets funnier because the next week, because we go the same time because we go right for the track before we catch that daily double. And um, sure enough, that lady's standing there at the door. There's a sign around that says closed on it. I would, I just start bawling laughing. He was my father. He didn't like it too. Well. I thought it was hilarious the whole scenario of it. But I mean, they they were serious. It was like you're not coming back in here. <laughs> I wonder why. I mean, you know how long it takes to cook all those chicken wings? You probably ate a hundred people's worth of chicken wings. You know that. How do you oh, feel? Yeah. How do you feel? You deprived them out of paying maybe their power bill for a week. Oh, I don't think so. Believe me, they got them chicken wings from this was twenty five plus years ago. Now, granted, I was in pretty good shape and, and could eat a lot, and my father in law was twice my size, so we we could eat a lot of food. But um, yeah, we got cut off and barred, so that was that. Yeah, I still like the bar where you pay by the hour and drink as much as you can. Because they know the average person only can handle, handle so many drinks an hour. Otherwise, they'll be on the floor. Well, in Minnesota, a museum holds the creepiest doll contest. Can you believe that? I, yeah, I seen that a couple of days ago. That Listen, dolls, <laughs> I got to tell you, dolls are like second most um, nefarious things behind mirrors. And, and my, in my world of paranormal, dolls can be just creepy. They have a creepy factor to begin with. But they seem to attract uh, spirits, and usually um, when spirits are attracted to them, they're usually not good ones, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, that whole scenario is, um, that's creepy in itself. Oh, yeah. And you know what's more creepy? A modern haunted house requires insurance to go in, and you have to do a drug test in a bottle before you go in for entry. <laughs> I mean, you got to start weighing the pros and cons of these places. I mean, you got one of them you had to fill out forty paper waiver, and now you got to yearn before you go in, and and, and to what? Because some of those places they literally, I think, tie you up and beat you up and stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's not for me. It's getting out of hand. Somebody's going to get hurt uh, one of these days, and um, it's going to be bad. Oh yeah, and then in a halfway house, somehow uranium gets delivered to it. So then they have to have the, you know, hazmat uh, team uh, come and then they condemn the place and everybody has to move out of the halfway house. Oh, my. First of all, the guy that delivered that, he ought to be put in prison because here's the thing. If uranium's getting shipped anywhere but some kind of a factory or, uh, you know, something along those lines <laughs> and you deliver it, I mean, first of all, you should have common sense to think, wait a minute, is this a mad scientist? Uh, this doesn't seem. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Team right, is it a terrorist? Why is it going to a house? It just That just don't make, that's crazy. Well, it comes down to, I'm reading more, that somebody in this Pennsylvania halfway house ordered two grams of potted uranium. 12 bucks from a Michigan company. I didn't even know you could buy pottered uranium. Now, I guess you, you can. That's sh- that, wow. Wow. What, what were you going to say? You were going to say the <laughs> S word, weren't you? No, I was not. I was going to say, what is next? I don't know what I was going to say, but it wasn't the S word. I'd never say the S word. You corrected yourself. I, could, I, I heard it. Yeah, I could say that in five or six languages. You kidding me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't know, you wouldn't even know I was saying it. Have you seen the uh, video that's going around on Facebook and on YouTube? A guy has bugs in his yard, so he decides he's going to kill the bugs. So he takes propane and and pumps it into the ground. And besides, besides, yeah, besides killing the bugs, he blew up his whole backyard. Didn't the whole backyard fall in or something? Yeah, yeah, he just blew it. It was gone. That yeah, listen, that's not a. Way. There's better ways to do it than that. You could you imagine? You know, another thing. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that woman that fell into her sewer tank back there. You could have ended up blowing up your sewer tank, and then you got all that disease stuff floating around. I wonder whatever happened to her. I mean, you'd think if you were in feces for like 24 hours, and 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 this is a methane gas, and I, I'm surprised she even survived. So it must have been very well vented uh, when she fell in. But I don't know. But Trump again today tweeted. I guess he's so upset. He he kind of tweeted something that kind of didn't make sense and it referred to as but he <laughs> you know when he gets upset he leaves words out when he tweets uh, oh my god that, that that whole scenario is just um my mind's running wild with it so d- does it say what he says or is it just i can't repeat it okay I figured. <laughs> and in the weird news okay this one religious guy is telling parents that you should threaten your kids with internal hell on Halloween if they don't behave. Oh, my goodness. You know, listen, when I was young, my mom, she would always, her favorite uh, weapon was the hairbrush. Let me tell you, me and the hairbrush got a We got to meet a few times, but... When I, when I finally got, you know, a little tougher and I was like, you know, that don't bother me. 
she would use the old thing, wait your dad go home. Now that there, that psycho- psychological warfare, that there worried me. <laughs> but internal um, harm, that's just wrong. <laughs> I don't know. And then Florida, there's a snake eating another snake. But it got interrupted when it got uh, stung by one of these huge, giant, angry wasps. Wonder if it's one of them Japanese wasps that are the size of your finger or half the size of your hand that could kill you. Yeah, that's that's what's scary because they're in our country. And people were worried about the killer bees. These killer wasps are actually I mean, I seen them. They can grow as big as the size of half of your hand. So you're yeah, not, I think you're, they're, go ahead, go. yeah, but one of those uh, sting they they can sting you multiple times and put venom in you and when they're doing it they're calling all their buddies over at the same time and let's face it you get stung with about 20 30 or 50 of those you're a goner you're yeah, those, they've, yes they've killed a lot of people and those things are huge i think they're hornets actually and they're kind of like yellowish brownish color i've seen them on tv they're they're huge and you're right they could just keep pumping and pumping and you know, some people, it's just one sting, and it, it could really uh, kill you, especially if you're allergic to them. You probably drop dead instantly. But some of them things are the size of, like, a uh, hummingbird. I mean, they're huge for a, a hornet. Yeah, and, again, each one of those is equal to hundreds of stings of a normal wasp. So you figure you get stung by a, a bunch of wasps, like 20, 30, 50 of them, you're probably much a goner anyway if you don't get to the hospital. Scary. You know what? Let's talk about bears again. Oh, yeah, let's do. Another family comes home to see a bear sliding down the staircase rail. Oh, you gotta be kidding! No, I, what I kid you. you, it's right here in the weird news. These bears are domesticating themselves. They're just moving into people's houses. There's beer, beer bears drinking beer. They're drinking. They're eating the people's cakes. They're sliding. They're having a good time. They're going there, sliding down the rails, and just uh, tearing. They're just having a ball. I guess. I mean, good thing I don't have any bears. When I moved here twenty years ago, there was one bear and cubs going down the street. But you know, since everybody logged out their property except for me, I don't see bears. I don't even hardly see deers that much anymore. Uh, but I tell you <laughs> one thing. Uh, that I can't believe this with these bears. I mean, breaking into people's cars, going in and, and stealing food out of the, you know, the freezer in the, a, a garage that, uh, and that what they were eating was kind of strange that time. And then how about the one that broke in and the guy had a case of beer and it was, he, the bear opened up every can of beer and drank them all. And the guy comes home and here's a passed out drunk bear, you know, on the, the floor of the uh, garage. I know that would be a shock to your system. Like, you know, you think, every, you know, you're in your home going out in the garage and do maybe fiddle around a little bit. And there's some bears in there that done drink your beer and having a good old time, and they're drunk and probably claustrophobic, a little bit angry and hungover. So you're probably in a bad spot. <laughs> well, that's a good time to call the wildlife authorities because, uh, believe me, if a bear drinks 24 cans of beer, it isn't going to get up in the next few minutes. If it did, it wouldn't even be able to walk. It would fall over. Trust me. Yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with it, that's for sure. I would definitely close and lock the door. <laughs> And say we got a a beer drink a beer bears in the garage. I'm still help. I'm still getting over the report yesterday. The couple came home 
with her family and open up the uh, closet door in the living room and there was a bobcat in it. How could a bobcat get into a closet? It don't make sense unless their closet had now had a hole in it from where it came through. I don't know. But that's, you know, that was one that was really kind of hard to believe. That is hard to believe. That's like where I live. We're not supposed to have bobcats, but uh, my dad's got them trail cams, got 18 different ones filmed on it, and we're not even supposed to have bobcats, so figure that one out. Yeah, we don't supposed to have Bigfoot, too, but people keep running into them. Anyway, we're <laughs> going to be back. Uh, hopefully, Sam will be with us, and we'll just talk to the top hour. And who's our guest tonight, James? That would be Lon Strickler, and uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, he's going to get into the cryptids. Oh, Lon is so good. I mean, he's wrote books on the cryptics. He wrote a lot of books about UFOs and aliens. This guy just really, and his books are top notch, too. Anyway, we'll be back in two and a half minutes. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. Your host, well, well, I think your host is me, Gary, on Night Dreams Talk Radio. Advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com? Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Coming to you from some far point station. Like a cosmic tumbleweed, both north and south of the Pleiades. Here's your host, Gary Anderson. Pretty soon, that's what our weather is going to be like. A lot of thunder. We had some here, you know, James, about a, a week ago. It was so bad that the windows were just shaking when the thunder was going off. I tell you, it sounded like cannon fire going. Yeah, we haven't had much rain. Matter of fact, um, I had to mow the yard last week, but... It's getting kind of brown now. I actually seen a couple leaves fall, so maybe maybe uh, fall's getting here finally. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. The Antarctica is doing some weird stuff again. I was reading about that. They're saying it's going to cause us to go into a mini ice stage. And you know what? Also on the news, it was really really interesting. They were talking about 2050, up to 300 million people in the United States. Are going to lose their homes 
You know why they're going to lose their homes? Why? They're going to be underwater. That doesn't surprise me, but I got another gloomy fact, and these are facts. I talk on facts. You know this, Mr. Gary. Um, 40 years ago, we had, and I've been saying this, we've had 3.5 billion. Today, we have twice that. We have over 7 billion people in 40 years. Now, fast forward another 30 years, we're going to have probably estimated 12 billion people, if not more. That That is a lot of consumption and a lot of waste and a lot of food, and, and plus the globalness of warming and all the effects. Yeah, I don't doubt that Florida is going to lose a lot of um, land along with uh, bordering uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and, and the southern uh, coastal states. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Well, it's not just that. They're talking we're going to maybe go into a mini ice age. Now, it won't affect the whole world. It could be over you know, in, I hate to say it, in Europe. Because what's happening, remember I told you, all the glaciers, all this stuff is melting. All that water is running into where? The ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. Now we have that belt coming, you know, from the equator, going all the way up to, you know, Europe. And that keeps basically that area from going into an ice age. They're now saying, and haven't I said this before on the show, I predict that's going to happen. And what's going to happen is any, it could happen any day now. It could stall, and then they could go into a mini ice age. So th- yeah. while they go in a mini ice age over there, we're going to go into a flood situation over here. Another thing that's really got me upset. Now, I don't know if Sam out there has read it, but a couple big companies have been buying up a whole bunch of land in eastern Washington. And in Washington, you know why? They want the water rights to it. Oh, they've been doing that for a while uh, down in California as well. Yeah, but it's not been here in Washington. And they're and people are really upset because they're buying huge uh, areas where you're talking about where they're probably thinking down the road water is going to be very precious. So if they have control of the drinking water, they can charge whatever they want for water. Or we're seeing restrictions on well water here like out in the mountains because it's regulated and uh, they want to uh, get to a point where even on the private wells, they want to meter how much water you're using. You know, if that kind of tells you down the road, they may restrict the amount of gallons of water that you can pull out of the ground because by and large, they don't really consider that water even in the well under your ground as part of your rights. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they, they do because they look at underneath that there's rivers, there's great big lakes and areas underground. So then who owns those rights to that? You know, the government, whatever. What scares me is, you know, some of these companies like I won't mention their name because I don't want to be sued, but they're looking down the future where they can just charge whatever they want for bottled water. Just think if we go into a mini ice age in Europe, but we go into a heat stage over here. Uh, on this continent, how much could they charge for water uh, per bottle to drink? I mean, look at the population is going to keep expanding and expanding, and it won't be enough water to supply the demand, let alone the food. That's another issue I have, guys. Over here in Washington State, there's hardly any farms like it used to be. It's crazy. 
How are they going to supply all the food? Is it all coming from across the border where we have a wall? <laughs> Maybe. I, you know, another scenario that a lot of people don't realize with all this flooding, because what happens when it floods like that, you can just go back to Katrina. It floods into your um, waste area, your, you know, uh, and, and then all your waste from um, your restrooms, all this stuff it, it gets into the drinking water. So then you get diseases developing, and you lose your drinking water. And a lot of people don't realize that. So you, you could literally be up waist deep, you know what? Or deeper. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that really upsets me more than anything else. It's one thing about water coming from the ground, but when they start passing laws that say you can't even collect rainwater, and it's illegal to do so, I. I really have a problem with that. You want to just dictate what comes from the sky as well. Now, I don't know what the reasoning behind that. I guess they figure that uh, that water is supposed to make its way into the groundwater and supplement it. But I personally have an issue with that. Well, actually, I knew somebody, a family member, who built a huge swimming pool. I'm talking, this sucker is like a mini lake, you know, out of concrete. And he has like, it's near um, the mountain area, but you know where he gets a lot of his water. He has a little crick, but the crick would take forever to help fill it. But he saves all his rainwater, gets funneled into this swimming pool. It gets filtered and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he was told he couldn't do that anymore. He couldn't use the creek anymore to fill up the swimming pool. He couldn't take the rainwater and use that to fill up because it would take him months to fill this, this thing up. And he'd empty out once or twice a year and then let it, you know, fill up because we get a lot of rain in the winter. And he was told he can't do that. You know, a guy recently, about a year ago or two, maybe two years ago, went to jail because he was collecting rainwater. I heard of that. And the thing is, they don't mind you getting water as long as you pay for it. That's the issue. Well, what's worrying? What, put it this way. You got a garden. Okay. Well, how, what's wrong with collecting rainwater and using that for your garden? Save money. I mean, let's face it. But no, you can't legally do that. You can't use it. What's your reasoning behind it? That water is more pure than what you're probably getting out of the faucet. Well, maybe. Yeah, I personally think that the, I don't think it's everywhere. I think it's just in certain states right now. But, you know, you see the trend of how these laws tend to become micromanagers. In other words, the laws that get passed seem to dictate every little thing. What are they going to do, put a tax on oxygen next or a tax on the air we breathe? Oh, we figured you've been taking in this much air in the last week so we're going to have to tax it what are they going to do if you don't pay the tax cut your air supply or put you in a vacuum or something i don't know it's ludicrous but then again what's coming down the pike i can tell you what's coming down the pike chaos because we can't go on the way it is we can't support the population we're barely doing it right now and 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 think about this down the road, when more kids are born, more children are born, and more people are living longer, how are they going to really support the, the people? 
especially if we start going through climate changes, which I think we're just about doing. You know, Art Bell and uh, Whitney were very, very accurate on the book they wrote, The Superstorm. I just think they were off, you know, by maybe 20, 30 years. And I do think it's going to happen. And it's going to happen really fast. I mean, again, in the news today, they're talking about 300 million people by 2050 are going to, their homes are going to be underwater. That's a lot of people. Where are you going to put these 300 million people? That's how many people's in the United States roughly right now. Well, and, and, well, it's, it's more than that in our uh, country. But the thing is, how about the family? There's not just one person living in each house. Where are these people going to go when their house is all of a sudden submerged? I mean, it's scary. I mean, we got a lot of things that's going on. And yeah, uh, I think we, we, we are close to a mini ice age in Europe. I got a funny feeling that's going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen here? Just like you, James, you got the weather we had last year, and now we got the weather and have had it for the last month and a half, what you normally have. It's really, really messed up. And I hear this from a lot of people. I hear it a lot from truckers telling me that a lot of places they're going to, the weather is just totally different than what they're used to. I, I got to agree with you. This is the warmest October I've ever experienced in my life here in the midwest ever i mean we've only had five days below 70 and and maybe three or four below 60 usually it's the average is usually mid 50s maybe 30s 40s at night but not this year i mean we've only had one day it was at night it was 35 degrees and that was that's been a couple weeks ago (laughs) yeah one more day and then we're into november so let's see how long you can take it to you know in the 60s and down to where you get down the 50s i don't know uh, Sam, haven't you noticed a big change, even where you live? And I'm not talking about Tacoma. I'm talking up about, you know, the mountain. Well, in general, it could change in a heartbeat. James, you're experiencing nice warm weather. I could change in a heartbeat. Last year, Gary, you probably well know that well, the weather we had up here in January in the first part of February was probably the warmest we've had in a long time. But then... It became, it reversed itself and became one of the coldest, one of the snowiest times we've ever seen. And we got slammed up here. I had been up here about six years so far. Last winter was the worst winter I've ever seen in my life. And it was preceded by the warmest weather we've ever seen in the entire area, including Seattle, Tacoma area. In December, January, I thought we were going to go through the whole winter with the mildest weather we've ever seen. And it was the complete opposite. So, yes, it could change in a heartbeat, even in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I remember, too, uh, Sam. Okay, we had that snow. It hung around for about two weeks. And it really made, because the people around here are not used to driving in snow. But the issue we had, okay, after that went away, then April came. And we had a 91 a temperature a fluke one day 91 degree temperature crazy i remember that yeah it's just weird things it's going un, unstable it, it is really it's scaring me well the part that really kind of concerns me is my family lives in the kentucky area which is just the a little bit shy south of you james 
in around the Louisville, Fort Knox area. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And the weather patterns had changed since I was raised there as a kid. The weather that normally would get down to maybe into the upper 20s, mid-20s in the past would never get colder than that. Now they're experiencing it where it's down to zero or like minus 5 or minus 10 at times. And they get those Midwest uh, chills. They come straight down from the Arctic and right down through the middle of the country. And that's happened a number of times. And it was to a point where my mom, for instance, of course, she's up in age, close to 80, 81, and uh, cannot safely go outside in that kind of weather, and neither can a lot of senior citizens. Well, they're trapped. They can't get out in that, especially if it's compounded by a lot of snow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this winter is going to be like. I already have a funny feeling as we're in for it because it's starting out really cold. And, and that's really interesting here because I have never had to use my heat on until about the middle of October. And I actually, I've been using the heat since uh, middle of September just to keep warm at night. And, uh, and it's, I'm telling you, it's weird. Even this studio, I normally don't even have to turn the heat on to around January because all the electronics heats this room up like you wouldn't believe. I have to run a heater in it now, or otherwise I'm going to be sitting here with goosebumps on me. Even with all the servers running, and you still have cold weather. Here, for instance, it was it dropped down to 22 degrees in the morning. Every day it's dropping down further. And I've never seen October be this cold ever since I've been in the state of Washington. And this is over the years since 1976. I don't, I don't even know if it's ever been this cold ever. 
I don't know. We'll find out, though. About uh, James, you you mentioned, too, it's like the warmest you're used to. How long have you been living there? Well, I've lived here most of my life, except for about a 15, 18-year period. I lived on the East Coast, but I'd always come back and visit. And uh, here's an example. The first four days of October this year was 90 and 91 degrees, four straight days. That's like record here. That's unheard of in October. I mean, it's unheard of to have this many 70-degree days. We've never had that many. It's it's mind-blowing. It, it just is. Most of our weather is affected by the jet stream. It dips down below the Lake Erie and stuff. I, yeah, I mean, we could have a snowstorm 30 miles north of me in Canton, and they could get eight inches. We might get two. There's like a snow belt line there. But uh, usually, you know, end of January, beginning of February, we'll have a two-week period where it's 5, 10 below for about two straight weeks. But I don't know. Every year it seems to be getting a little warmer. Uh, last four or five years, I've noticed. Yeah, I, that's scary. I don't know. Have you looked and seen what your extended weather forecast is saying for like the next 10 days or anything? Have you checked? Well, I, I do know, I did watch a little bit of it today. I usually watch it every day, but I know this weekend is supposed to be mid-50s, so that was going to be a little bit of a shock, you know, used to be in the 60s and 70s. So that's what I was saying. Is maybe uh, October is going to come here in November. Yeah, well, at least maybe you won't have to go out and cut your grass again now for about five months. Yeah, that's another thing. It doesn't, hasn't rained here. Like, you know, usually October is a very wet month. It, it, it hasn't. I had to mow the yard a couple weeks or a week ago or so, but it's getting brown now. It hasn't rained. It just don't rain anymore. Now, I don't know. You should move up to here up in the Washington State on the <laughs> on my side of the mountains in the state. I guarantee you, you'll see. I don't know. Even the weather forecast, though, uh, Sam is saying it's not going to be any rain for the next, like, 10 days. So we've already gone quite a few days without rain. It's cold, but I don't know. It just kind of got me concerned. It has me so concerned right now, though, about the climate changes. You know, it's coming out more and more about, you know, what's going to happen by 2040, 2050. Uh, thank God I'm the age I am, I am right now because I, I could not want to even see. I wouldn't want to see all these changes start taking effect. You know, I remember when I was a kid, it was so beautiful and pristine and and the changes now are going so fast, and and we start thinking about if the East Coast starts going underwater, parts of it, it it's, it's scary to think of that. We, you know, the, the, a lot of people say, "Oh no, it's Earth is tilted. That's causing it." Uh, other people are saying it's this. Oh, it's this natural thing. Every so many, you know, tens of thousand years this happens. I think it has a combination of everything. Okay, it's just. To, uh, all this pollution that's going in the air it's, it, it, and and everything else we've done, and plus the earth changes its natural you know, cycles. I just think we're going to be into one hell of a ride. There was You're a computer right. simulation that was done down in Australia. And cool. it had, uh, at the time, however they put the data in there, I was just watching that on a YouTube video. And it was a graph that predicted how the world would be in the next 75 years from 1973 when that uh, was done, it was pretty much on target. It predicted, it really stopped at about 2020 and showing how the population and the quality of life was going to start to dip really severely and that the resources of our planet was going down rapidly. And the graph 
bottomed out where life was unlivable by the time 2040 rolled around and that massive death would take place because of the pollution and the lack of resources made life almost unbearable. In other words, the air was saturated with things that we could, probably couldn't survive on. And we talk about, of course, oxygen diminishing from our planet because of all the trees and all the other things that actually, through photosynthesis, creates more oxygen from carbon dioxide. Well, if you don't have plants, and especially if you don't have what's in the oceans that also generate the oxygen, we're in bad shape. So I would not want to grow up in the next 20 or 30 years in the world that's going to come in that time period. You said it so right. You know, talk about the oceans. A lot of people, when I talk to them, I said, you know, we get a lot of oxygen from the oceans. They go, no, we don't. It comes from trees. No, it comes from trees. It comes from plants. You know, it comes from a lot of things, plus the ocean. But we're killing the ocean. And and I even had some people debate me on that. They said, oh, we're not killing the ocean. The ocean isn't going to die. At the rate we're killing the ocean, by about 2040, is going to be pretty bad shape. Uh, there's going to be, there's already dead spots in the ocean right now where, you know, uh, marine life came and live and survive. So you figure how with all this pollution that's going into it on a daily basis, give it another 20 years, guys, not even 20 years. And you're going to find big areas of the ocean not producing any oxygen. What's going to happen then? Look at all the coral reefs that have disappeared or died. I mean, you want to talk about the canary in the coal mine. Just take a look at some of the plant life that's not there anymore or the fish that aren't there anymore or the salmon runs that aren't happening anymore. That should tell you something where we're heading. Well, it's a dead giveaway when I told you here, what, two weeks ago about bears in Alaska starving to death because there's not enough fish coming upstream and that they're actually starving to death. That, that's a dead giveaway. And again, I was reading yesterday, they're still talking about if they don't know how much longer they can store all this radioactive waste uh, in Japan from the reactors and that they're going to have to release it. Now, some people have told me, oh, it's not going to affect the oceans. It's not going to affect the sea life. Well, I don't know. They're smoking. I would like to have some of whatever they're smoking because it is going to affect our sea life. Yeah, it'll get dissipated. But before it gets dissipated, it's going to affect how much marine life and how much marine life maybe might even survive. But would you want to eat that crab or salmon even off the Oregon or Alaska coast or California coast, Washington coast, off of British Columbia? I would be scared to death to eat anything like that. Yeah. You know, another thing that people may not realize is with these warm winters, it doesn't kill off the insects and other um, creatures that carry diseases like ticks and mosquitoes. So what happens is the following summer, they're double fold. So then you have an increase of these diseases that ticks and uh, mosquitoes carry, and then new ones pop up every year. It's because the cold, if you don't have an average cold winter or a deep freeze for at least a couple of weeks, it doesn't kill off what nature is supposed to with the, you know, the pluses and the minuses of just nature. The, the balance is out of whack. 
Well, something is going on. I mean, the whole thing is, if you think about it, you know, for years, the bees, for example, they come up with all these theories about bees, right? Why there's a shortage of bees, why they're dying off. And they said, oh, it's from insecticides. It's from Roundup. It's from all this stuff, right? I disagree. I think it's because the magnetic field. I think the earth is going through changes. The bees don't know where to go back from their... um, from their uh, hive. They can't find it. They're lost. And if they can't pollinate the plants then, or like the food we eat, think about that. That's what the scary part is, you know, and, and it's not that. It's birds and all this stuff else. We, we need these birds because the birds, again, take care of a lot of stuff that if they didn't live, we would have a lot more, you know, yuck in this world we'd have more disease all this stuff they take care of a lot of these you know bad little creatures off the ground and you know it's and think about the caterpillar uh, caterpillar uh outbreaks it would be even massive worse than it is because these birds eat this stuff yeah that's all part of the cycle you know if you affect one part of the cycle of the earth and you don't have the insects, then that uh, causes the other, whatever the predators eat, insects or the birds or whatever, their populations diminish, and then that affects something else on the food chain. It's all very interrelated. It's all very interconnected. And people just do not realize how fragile our our Earth systems are. And that and especially when you talk about the amount of pollution that's being put out or, or industrial complexes that people depend on for our life, I don't think we can continue in the life that we're living right now the way we're living. I think we're going to have to get back to nature at some point and get away from a lot of this stuff because if we don't, I don't think we're going to be around. I don't think we can. I think it's gone too far. Again, I was reading in like a lot of these countries in Africa, for example, they are the worst ones for, how can I say it, a plastic waste. They, they, they throw it wherever. They don't even dispose of it uh, even the right way. If they live near the water, guess what? It ends up in the water. And now they can't, you know, even go through some of the canals, you know, because some of these villages are built on water or near water like in the Amazon and stuff like that. It's all polluted with plastic bottles and plastic this, plastic that. And, you know, the fish are getting into what fish they have left, and it's killing all the marine life in there, too. I mean, it's a lot of things going on in the ocean. There is a big dead zone of garbage. I don't know if you ever seen the video of that where they have taken. Greenpeace has a big video of it showing there's miles and miles of a dead zone in the ocean where all these plastic bottles and garbage is just floating in the ocean. You know, just like all together. They look like islands. Yeah. Islands of it. Unless you didn't look carefully, you thought it was an island below below you from a plane. Come to find out, it's just a whole bunch of plastic bottles and floating along the top of the ocean. Yeah. And blame that again on some of these these areas where the rivers go through, you know, they just throw the bottles in the river. You know, we're talking villages, little towns, whatever. All the garbage goes right into the river, it goes out to the ocean, there it goes, and it just creates a nice patch of dead zone. I don't know. 
I'm frustrated. And we, we worry more about the wall than anything else. Of course, right now, we're not even worried about the wall, are we? Because we're not even thinking about the wall right now, are we? No, we're distracted. <laughs> well, that was, that's, that's, that's a good plan. Keep your mind off of certain things. Anyway, we're going to be back uh, in about three minutes. And Sam, I guess I will hear you uh, from you at the last half an hour of the show. Yes, I'll be back. Okay, my friend, you take care. James, uh, we'll be back in two and a half minutes. Everybody, you're listening to your host, me, Gary, on Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. And James, who's our guest when we come back? Our guest will be Lon Strickler, and he will be getting into details about all these cryptids that I report on throughout the weeks. It's going to be exciting. Don't want to miss it. Yeah, Lon has some great books, too. So you need to check those out on Amazon. So we'll be back after these. History, I paused to take a sigh about the land Afghanistan where empires go to die. Alexander the Great, he tried and failed, the Mongols they did too. The British and the Russians, they got their ass kicked too. America's been there many years, and I asked myself why we don't learn from history where empires go to die. They say it's terrorism, that's political malarkey Just follow where the money goes, you will corporate oligarchy The food crops they once grew with a plow and a hoe Then turned into opium poppies, growing row on row Our infrastructure's crumbling, our social structure too it's a corporate scam, they don't give a damn while screwing over me and you. You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark with our host, Gary Anderson. And here I am at the day before Thanksgiving. Our Thanksgiving, Halloween. God, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving now because you know what? I am hungry for a turkey. I was going to say, what, did you move to Canada or something? Where, 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 where are you celebrating this? I don't know. I just got these two dogs running through the house. And even the studio, it's well insulated. I can hear the thumping of their little paws or huge paws going up and down. I don't know if we have uh, our guest on here or not. We'll find out. Is anybody on this line? Yes, it is. And who do we have? We have Lon Strickler. Hi, Lon. How you doing, my friend? I'm I'm Hello. doing okay. Hello, Lon. Hey, how are you? Good. 
So, hey, Lon, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hmm. Well, I've been doing this for about 40 years, and that includes investigation paranormal. And a little here and a little there. It's kind of come into a lot of different things over the years. Um, published the uh, phantomsofmonsters.com blog, and I've been doing that since 2005. I've written seven books, and I am part of a investigative team called Phantoms of Monsters 14 Research, which um, investigates phenomena nationwide in Canada, uh, for the most part in Pennsylvania, but uh, one of our biggest cases, which continues to this day, is the uh, Chicago Mothman phenomena. And uh, I am a radio host at Arcane Radio, and uh, I guess that's about it. Oh, wow. How do you have time for all this? Uh, I don't, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really don't. I kind of squeeze it in there. Well, it would be hard between writing all the books, doing a radio show. You know, I do my show five days a week, and I'll tell you, I spend 12 hours a day preparing for the show, booking guests, making sure the equipment is working, uh, and, and then we're going to be going to four hours a day shortly. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll do it somehow. But how do you have time to write these books, do a radio show, have a family life, and, and probably go on I hate to say it, conferences I bet, uh, quite a bit. I bet you, you do. I, I really don't do a whole lot of conferences. Um, I will occasionally do an appearance. Uh, but other than that, I'm pretty well a homebody or involved in what the cases I'm involved with. I'm, I've been disabled now since 2001, but, you know, I do get around. It's just I don't get into the field as much as I used to. But um, I'm lucky enough to have uh, some very good associates and uh, investigators who have been kind enough to work with me. And uh, all in all, we have a pretty good team. So, uh, yeah, it does keep me busy. But, you know, I'm kind of used to it by now. No, <laughs> I've been doing radio since 1976. I'm still not used to it. But I'm trying. Man. But i got to ask you a question. Mothman, what is going on that? Because I get reports on a daily basis from people out there claiming they're seeing Mothman everywhere. I mean, from Texas to the East Coast to California. It's been a lot of reports lately. What is going on? Well, you know, the name Mothman is kind of misnomer. Um, people are referring to the wing humanoid from Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 66 and 67. Uh, that had the wings that were shaped like that of a moth. Uh, the body was kind of, um, uh, it, it was kind of a regular sized human body. And the thing had distinctive red eyes. Now, the what people are seeing for the most part now is a, tall, emaciated body with legs and arms. Sometimes the arms are attached to the wing. Sometimes it's separated from the wing. And the wing itself can go anywhere from 10 to 15 foot in span. 
and it's usually shaped like that of a bat. Now, some of the the uh, witnesses have reported seeing red eyes. Uh, we had a blue-eyed being. We've had some yellow-eyed beings. Some just didn't have any eye shine at all. So, um, but the the phenomena that's been going on in and around Chicago, uh, into Indiana, Illinois, and southern Wisconsin, has uh, you know most of the sightings have been very similar. Uh, so I, I believe we do have several beings uh, that are, are being seen. And we've had some sightings recently uh, within the Chicago area that, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder. It's, they've been close to the airport. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Been close to Air International. We have also had a few north of the city in um, in another town. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it's just it's not something we, you know, investigated starting in 2017 and just stopped. It's something that's really continuing to go and uh, to go on. And at this point now, we have approximately 86 seven or eight, 88, I'd say, sightings that we have deemed credible. That is a lot. Now, any of these sightings have these, whatever these creatures are, cryptics, have they been unfriendly towards humans? Has there been any reports of them trying to attack humans, animals, livestock, anything? Well, there have been reports of some type of aggression, basically that this thing would kind of follow people or, 
suddenly appear in front of people. Uh, it sometimes would let out a scream. It would kind of take an aggressive posture. But beyond that, it hasn't been that much. Oh, wow. Now, is there any other cryptics that might rival like a Mothman? Because I've had a couple truckers tell me that they've seen Mothman, but they've been aggressive where they have followed the trucks or done stuff like that. Oh, I had no doubt there there are a, a, a wide variety of uh, winged humanoid-type beings or other winged cryptids out there. Uh, you know, over the years, we received a, a, a vast amount of different reports, anywhere from, uh, like I said, the humanoid-type beings or something that resembles a thunderbird or large blackbird up to uh, something that also resembles a pterosaur or a pterodactyl. Um, all these have been reported. Now, can you explain what a Thunderbird is? Because to the listeners, a lot of them don't even know what a Thunderbird is. Well, Thunderbird is basically a being that came from the indigenous people, the First Nations. It was seen as a god, but it was um, a large bird that was kind of looked like maybe a large crow or large raven that had extraordinary dimensions, 10 to 15 foot in width. Uh, it was said that it could possibly pick up uh, small children or animals and take off with them. There was an incident in Lawndale, Illinois, back in the 60s, where a woman claimed that this thing had picked her son up and taken it some short distance and then dropped him. But there have been other sightings as well, and the Midwest is pretty ripe for those sightings. Indiana and Illinois are, are pretty well known for similar type sightings. Interesting. So how about like dogs disappearing and stuff like that because of these cryptids? Has there been a lot of yeah, reports? Yeah, it's possible. It, it's very possible. Uh, as far as what's been going on in Chicago and what we've been hearing, uh, there really hasn't been any uh, reports of missing animals so uh, it, it doesn't really seem that that's what they're doing, that there may be another reason why they're there. Interesting, because the reason why I say that, uh, one of my regular guests that comes on about once a month, he runs a museum in Blank Mount Blanco, Texas. And one of his friends, best friends, she, her best friend actually, was going home. Now, they live in a very, you know, area where there's not much population and on the road, she thought she hit a human being. So she stopped her car, and here's this person, She so she thought, staring at her. And she gets out of the car. And then that's when she notices, well, this thing has wings. And then supposedly it took off. But it actually did damage on the front uh, fender on the driver's side where she hit it. But that wasn't the only time. Again, about two or three months later, she saw... Uh, the same type of thing on the same road again. And this time it uh, was following her and stuff like that. So I I, I don't know. I, I don't know which is, you know, true or not true. But if these things exist, it just kind of throws out, you know, everything we learned in school. I'll tell you that much. Well, it, it, there have been cases where people claim that these things have followed them while they were driving. Uh, the uh, the original Mothman cases in Point Pleasant. 
the witnesses who had seen this thing at the West Virginia Ordinance Works uh, claimed that this thing would chase them down the road out of the area. Uh, I have talked to people also in, in West Virginia along the Ohio River who have also been chased by these red-eyed winged beings. Um, I had a case just east of Cleveland about by Cleveland about three years ago where a gentleman had a um, had a panel truck, a large panel truck with the, the back end the, with the, uh, the cargo area that extended above the, uh, the cab. And he said he hit one of these things uh, and it hit the front of the uh, right above the cab into the cargo and rolled over the top and fell to the, the road. He stopped the truck, looked at it, said thing got up, had red eyes and just took off. And uh, there were some marks on the front of that cargo, uh, that cargo area. Now, that would be really scary. I know that one trucker sent me a message oh, a couple of weeks back. He, he claimed he was going again through Texas. And all of a sudden he saw, well, a Mothman or something like that, you know, just fly right by his, you know, cab uh, window. And it really scared him. I, I, it's a lot of these reports. I, 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 it seems like there's been more of it lately than it has been for years. Now, does it go through a cycle, or is it just, how can I say it, people read about it and then they imagine about it? You know, that is always possible, but, you know, I think people are less afraid to come forward nowadays. Uh, you know, of course, these TV shows showing all kinds of cryptid activity, and uh, there are more websites out there. There are people that are doing investigations, reporting these sightings. Uh, I, I think all along people have seen these things. I just think now they, they're less uh, fearful of being ridiculed and will come forward. Uh, it's not always easy. Uh, you know, you have to reassure the witnesses, and nine times out of ten they, they will want to keep it confidential uh, and uh, not have any of the personal information disclosed, which we do a we do uh, abide that. Oh, wow. Now, hey, James, do you have some questions for Lon? Yeah. Um, Lon, in your research or data or evidence or even speculation, do you think these uh, winged cryptids or whatever they may be, you think they're interdimensional? You think they may be alien or any thoughts on that? I, I think they're interdimensional. I think they're from another reality, maybe another uh, dimension a uh, parallel world of some type. Uh, we have had witnesses who have claimed to see these things suddenly disappear as they were flying, like they just went through a you know a, a, an invisible doorway. Um, you know, I, there there's really no definitive answer at this point. Uh, the only thing we can do is just keep collecting the evidence and putting it together to come up with what may be a rational explanation. But I think, uh, you know, even though we, we really have m not much concept as to what interdimensional travel is like, or even if it's, uh, if, if it's a reality at this point, 
I, I think there is something to it. And I think these beings are flesh and blood beings. I, I think they, they do have um, substance to them, but they're able to cross through a, a gateway of some type or a wormhole and to be able to come onto this earth plane. And I, I think that's also evident with m- many cryptids like Bigfoot and uh, the upright canines, Dogman, and, and other beings. I think there's a strong possibility that in some or most areas where they're seen that, this is the, re- the way that they do uh, manifest. Now, we have talked to people in the past who have actually seen these type of cryptids uh around ufo activity or maybe being in the presence of a humanoid like being uh be it what people would call an alien or possibly a hybrid or something else uh i i, I believe there's a good possibility that there's a connection there but at this point we really do not have the evidence to come up with, with a uh uh substantiated finding on this yeah, you know, I've been re- I read all your reports every day. I don't even know how you get time to do two or three of them a day, write them. But the uh, Rosemont area seems like that area has always got some something coming up with reports. And you know, I'm wondering if they're interdimensional. If maybe there may be some portal there somewhere along that wood line or somewhere where all these sightings are come. Because that's kind of a good theory. Maybe if if there was a way to get out there and investigate, try to find something or. Or do some uh, boots on the ground. If some people get out there, maybe find something. But yeah, that, that's that's some crazy reports coming in from that area, and and you must keep on getting them. I'm sure. Yeah, the uh, the past two weeks in particular, we have re- we received two sighting reports uh, in in Rosemont. Illinois, which is... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just in the area where it was is just in the n- northeast of uh, O'Hare International. One was by a uh, an Uber driver, and the other was a uh, was a sighting of a gentleman who was attending a wedding. He happened to go out for a smoke. And saw this thing flying above him. Both were at nighttime. Uh, now the first one had the red eyes. The second one, there wasn't uh, much as far as seeing anything like that. But the the shape itself was huge and very similar to what we've been hearing. Now we have received another 
sighting report in the past day or two. But, uh, you know, it's something we're still investigating. And, uh, you know, if we do get any definitive information on it, we'll, we will release it. But there have been other there have been other sightings as well uh, north of Chicago in the Richmond area. There has been two at least two sightings up there of some type of being. One one of them was quite small but shaped the same way. Uh, then the others were uh, something that was the same size, very large, with the red eyes. And uh, yeah, this is something that has continued. On, I mean, uh, you know, with the weather getting cold, we we really thought, you know, starting like in 2017, that the sightings would diminish during the cold weather. And 2017, it did seem that that would be the case. But uh, last winter, we were getting some reports of uh, uh, flying humanoids or winged humanoids. In, in several areas, particularly in, in northern Illinois. And now we've been getting uh, reports off and on in Indiana and Illinois and southern Wisconsin, and now this is starting to pick up again in the city. So, um, you know, it's just a matter we just got to wait and see what, what develops, and uh, we'll go from there. Interesting. How about the black-eyed children? I've seen a lot of reports about those, too. What's your thoughts on those? Are they alien? Are they shapeshifters? Or any thoughts or research? What's on, on those? You know, people. a lot of people suggested that they may be alien. I really don't know what the, the, the circumstances are with those. Uh, we, we've been getting reports of, you know, black-eyed kids, black-eyed adults. Uh, for the past decade or so, and um, we're used to also getting reports of the white-eyed beings as well. Uh, I, I don't know if they are alien. I, I personally, I doubt it. I uh, I think there may be either some type of uh, uh, possession to some point, but you know, we really don't have any evidence of that. Uh, the characteristics are, you know, they do act like what people describe when they when they see hybrid aliens or such or in, in contact with something like that. But, uh, you know, the actions are, are they do vary. Uh, a lot of times people say that they uh, will come to the door and try to get in and ask for assistance or ask for a ride or things like that. They do seem to move quickly without either using people noticing they're walking or running or anything like that. Uh, most of the sightings are at night, but there have been sightings during the day. Uh, groups of them up to, well, I had a report in Pennsylvania of a group of four uh, during a during the day in, in a state park. And... Um, you know, occasionally you'll get something like that, but for the most part, it, it, it's usually one or two at nighttime, and uh, you know, it, it, it's just very disturbing to the people who witness it. Yeah, yeah, and often I, I've read some of the reports. It it kind of seems like they work in a tandem. Like one will try to distract you while the other's trying to do something, and to me, that has nefarious um, 
uh, indications to it with some of these reports I see, but I've often wondered about them, and, and I'm just curious where, where that's going to go in that field, and and what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's something I'd like to get more information on, uh, but you know, as far as classification of what they are, I I just can't do that right now. You um, know, uh, they're just another of many bizarre humanoid-like beings that we just. Uh, you know, we just really don't know what they are. Well, hey, what is the most bizarre cryptic you can think of? Oh, I think I think the flying humanoid is is overall is probably the most bizarre. Uh, you know, I it's you know I had an I had an, an encounter years ago with something similar to that. Uh, it's something I have been. You know, I've been investigating ever since then, and uh, you know, it, it's always—it was always thought that you know the Mothman or the the winged humanoids were something that was uh, exclusive to the Point Pleasant area. But quite frankly, I have got gotten hundreds of sighting reports over the years, uh, and it's it's uh, it's really a nationwide or continental wide phenomena if not worldwide uh we don't seem to get as many reports worldwide but there are some occasionally well i got a funny feeling they're there now i don't know if you ever listened to my show but i had in the early 2000s an encounter with a bigfoot up in the canadian rockies and mm-hmm. i i tell you one thing there's a new theory that's going around now that they're being tied up well, with UFOs or they're in the paranormal, they're really not a living creature. Uh, it, it, the whole field is like changing, at least on the Bigfoot side, and it's it's really getting confusing. But I can tell you, I was out in the middle of nowhere. We went to a, a Japanese internment camp, what was left of it from World War Two. A friend of mine who was a medical doctor, he just got done doing his internship. He was opening a practice up here in Tacoma, Washington, or actually in Puyallup, Washington, and we decided, because we, you know, my other passion besides radio was taking pictures. And we wanted to go do pictures of, like, ghost towns, old cemeteries, creepy things like that. And we went into the, a hike about two, maybe two and a half miles into the woods to find this old internment camp. That let alone we had to get off the main road and drive as far as we could on a, a access road. It was almost non-existent. And my friend says, look at that giant bear across the creek. And I had my camera, you know, hanging around my neck with a telephoto on it. So I, I, I'm going to take this picture of this bear. And about the same time I, you know, raised the, the camera up to my eye, it sees us. And I realized this is not a bear. I don't know what it is, but it's like five to 600 pounds. It's, it's like, you know, uh, you know, seven feet plus uh, in height or whatever. And it came after us and it chased us all the way back to the car. I, myself, when I saw that, I, 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 I didn't get any orbs. I didn't get any communications. <laughs> I didn't get anything like, Hey, Fred, you know, I'm here to help you. It was like, Hey, I was scared. Like you wouldn't believe I went through Vietnam and I thought that was bad. This was the scariest experience I ever had in my entire life. Yeah, it's something you don't forget. I mean, you know, I had a Bigfoot encounter in 81 in Sykesville, Maryland, and um, it, it, it's something you don't forget. 
you know, I now I believe that thing that being I saw was was flesh and blood, but you know, you wonder over the years what really it was you saw. Uh, in my case, there there were officials that were involved with it who were apparently chasing this thing, and uh, you know, I, I think it was really something that was you know that was flesh and blood. Now. As far as Bigfoot activity and what Bigfoot is, I think there are definitely areas where in the United States and Canada where they, they are indigenous. I mean, the Pacific Northwest in particular, uh, from uh, Northern California up into as uh, far as Alaska, I think those are indigenous beings there. Southern Florida, uh, even up into the swamps of North Florida around the, the Gulf Coast into East Te- East Texas. I think there's indigenous beings there. Uh, other parts of Canada, I think it's a possibility, but I, I do believe that most of the, the, the reported Bigfoot or Sasquatch in other parts of the country may very well be a, an interdimensional being. And I, I say that for... Uh, the fact that they just suddenly seem to show up, they suddenly seem to disappear. There's no remnants of these things. You might see some hair once in a while, some scat or something, but they they just don't seem to be in an area and stay there. Uh, now I have I have been involved with looking at certain hey, Lloyd, areas. Uh, we're going to have to take a break uh, for the radio okay. stations. We'll be back and. Three minutes, so if you want to get yourself a cup of jab or something, now's the time to do it. We'll be back in about three minutes. You're listening to Gary on Night Dreams Talk Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
If you would like to hear Night Dreams Talk Radio on your local radio station, let them know. Tell them to check out www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. And thank you. Night Dreams Talk Radio after dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show and again without you guys you know hauling your loads and all that stuff we wouldn't be where we're at today because a lot of our listener uh, base is the truckers out there and you know what big shout out to you guys well james and one allowing hi boy i blew your name i apologize are you guys still there yep Still here. I'm here. Okay. What uh, is your latest book there, if you can tell the listeners? My most recent book was uh, is titled Alien Disclosure, uh, Experiencers Expose Reality. Uh, that was published several months ago, and it, it involves experiencer cases, alien abduction cases, encounters, from people who had contacted me and people in cases I've worked on over the years. Oh, wow. So what's going on in the uh, ufology? I mean, right now, I mean, there's all kinds of disclosure, not what people thought it would be, but I tell you, it's all coming out of the woodwork right now. I, I, it's not a day I don't get people, you know, messaging me, claiming that they've been abducted or they've seen UFOs or it normally too september ufo sightings really dropped down it hasn't dropped down it's actually been increasing so what is going on well i i I think people are just looking to the skies more uh be quite frank with you i i know where i'm at here in pennsylvania the the the, uh ufo activity has been pretty strong but it's been pretty strong for a couple years now uh there's there seems to be a lot of war activity but the Black Triangle sightings, uh, particularly in the area of the Susquehanna River Valley, north and south, do seem to be kind of heavy at this point. But nationwide, yeah, I think I think there have been a lot more sightings recently. I don't know what's causing it. Uh, as far as the government disclosure, well, you know, we're only going to be spoon-fed what they want to show us, so... Uh, I, you know, as far as what we're seeing now, if that's what people want to call disclosure, then fine. But quite frankly, there, there's much more out there. Oh yeah. You, I've been in radio since 76 and the UFO thing started in the eighties, like mainly the mid eighties. It really started, you know, being a major topic on radio, on talk shows. And, and it's, it's funny. Things have changed. I remember then. People would call up and they say, I saw UFOs like 25 feet in diameter or 50 feet or in some cases as big as 100 feet. Now I'm getting people on that they claim that they're the size of a Walmart store. Uh, And it seems like it's gone from something small to huge. I I just don't know. I I have not seen a, a triangle, so I can't say how big they are. But again, I guess maybe we're being maybe visited by a different species or race of aliens that we haven't been in the past. So maybe that's the reason why they're getting bigger. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, they do seem to be getting bigger now. Uh, you know, are, are the are the black triangle crap, the large black triangle crap, are they, act, are they possibly a military government? I mean, nobody really knows. But 
there do seem to be a lot more being seen. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, uh, I, I really can't answer that. Yeah. It's, it's a subject. It's really hard, you know, and it, what gets me is that I get a certain group of people that claim that, well, these aliens are here to serve man, you know, to help protect man. And that there's like 25 million cloaked UFOs circulating <laughs> the earth to keep us, you know, safe. And then I start thinking, well, gee, if there's 25 million cloaked, you know, UFOs going around the earth protecting us from what? Ourselves? They sure haven't done anything to protect us on like Antarctica wars or anything else. They haven't got into anything. But you, you hear from some of these people who claim that they were been abducted, like Calvin Parker, uh, Dave Edmonds, a whole bunch of people, uh, Timothy Collin, all this stuff. I get the impression of what's going on out there. These aliens that are supposed to be here to protect men aren't the most friendly, well, protectors of humans that could we could be wishing for. Well, I think, you know, I think there is malevolent and there is benevolent to a point. Uh, they all have agendas from everyone I've talked to, uh, who I've worked with. Um, why they do what they do, it, it's hard to tell. You know, I've, I've heard several type of uh, scenarios as far as abductions, uh, what had happened during abductions. Uh, people that have disappeared without a trace, never to return. Uh, you know, why this is happening, I mean, we re really don't know. Um, is there some type of agreement with the, the world governments as to, uh, you know, the abductions, if there's any agenda that they have with the world governments? Uh, something else we just really don't know. But, um, you know, basically what I, I set out to do was to get the actual stories from those people who did have the experiences and uh, try and make a little sense out of it. Uh, people have a lot of questions. Uh, I, I, get, I probably get a call every day of somebody who says they've been abducted, quite frankly. And... Um, you know, a lot of it's kind of hard to believe, but then the, every once in a while you'll get someone who will come forward and and make you start to think that, you know, something definitely has gone on. I've been working with several people for many years that have had continuous encounters uh, with various beings, and, uh, you know, it usually doesn't become static. It usually changes to a degree. And, uh, you know, it, but it's something that they're most likely going to experience for the remainder of their life. So uh, what type of stories do they tell you about their abduction? Can you share some of them? Well, in particular, there's a um, gentleman by the name of David Eckhart, who I've been working with now for more than a decade. He... Um, he lives in the area around Pensacola, Florida. He's had a, um, starting about, oh, I'd say about 15 years ago, he and his family started to notice 
activity in and around his bedroom at nighttime. They thought they didn't know what it was. They thought maybe it's a spirit, some type of uh, infestation of uh, spirit energy, but they they couldn't quite figure out what it was until uh, David started putting out uh, recording equipment and was able to capture a three and a half, four foot foot being tall being that was seen in the area around their bathroom door in the bedroom not long after that they started to become a, uh, something started to come into the bedroom uh, some type of cloaked beings which eventually manifested into like a gray uh, gray like beings sometimes they were uh, human uh, hybrid humans look very similar to humans and of course there was usually this the same one um reptilian that was involved with this activity and uh they would be coming through a portal on the far wall of the bedroom it would just literally open up and when he was taken and when well his family was taken as well and uh they would take him to certain locations that he believes were on the earth in particular a, a cavern large cavern underground where there were um other beings used as slaves including humans and other uh alien races and it seemed to be a mining operation of some type but all through the uh, all through the underground there were living accommodations for these reptilians. And they seemed to be the overlords, the ones that were running the operation. Uh, but for some reason, David was given the opportunity to see this, to, uh, you know, be able to uh, get a, an idea of what was really going on. Uh, the, the, the one reptilian that he was... was Put in with him the whole time. Didn't particularly like David from what David said, but he was basically told that he had to do it. That was his job. And uh, David was taken to that location. There was another location. He doesn't know if it was on a craft. He doesn't think it was. But there were all kinds of strange uh, devices. One was used to transport people. Uh, other beings. Uh, he is also, well, and I have pictures of them in the book, the, the drawings he made. And uh, then at one point, he was taken to a location he was sure was an underwater location. Uh, he only really talked about that one or two times, but he was taken there. But this, you know, this went on for a long, long time. And in fact, the abduction started and ended after about eight years or so. Then since that time, uh, David is living alone now. And um, these beings, another group of beings, and it has changed. I mean, you know, there have been uh, different types of beings that have come forth, but mostly now what he's experiencing are uh, human humanoid type beings that resemble possibly hybrids, human hybrids, 
and uh, he has caught some very interesting photographs, which are also published in the book. But, you know, it's an ongoing saga with him. And, uh, you know, it's pretty remarkable what he has been able to uh, capture over the years. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, what at this point, when I do get a report, uh, I, I do refer David to these people to talk to them to try to get a feel of what's really going on with them. And, uh, you know, he'll give me his assessment, then I'll go from there. Now, any of these things, you know, I don't know if you know who Mary Joyce is. She runs a UFO Bigfoot reporting center out of Cashiers, North Carolina. Now, she's been on my show quite a few times. She told me uh, one of the times being on the show, and actually quite a bit before she was on the show, that well, maybe back five, six years ago, a person who was really connected with the government high up and had every top secret clearance you could have came to her and explained that there is an underground base in North Carolina that uh, the military has and that they're working with, you know, these uh, aliens but what she said, what this guy said, these type of aliens are not the friendly ones towards human. They're cannibals. And again, it mostly goes back to Eisenhower thing that they were allowed to take so many people for whatever they're doing with it. And the, the military would turn their head because they were sharing technology. And, you know, Mary Joyce has a very good reputation. She was a reporter for various newspapers, editor and all this stuff. So she knows her job real well, and she really believed this guy was what he claimed he was because she did check him out with somebody else she knew that worked for the government and was told that this guy did have all these clearances. It, it, it kind of concerns me if something like that is still going on where, you know, because it, 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 I think about it. James, you remember, too, one of our guests, you know, said that he investigated. He claimed there was like 30 to 50 million people a year vanishing on our country with no record. It, that's true. And, and, uh, along with that, there's supposedly 129 underground bases all over. And, and if we're working hand in hand with these things, what's their agendas? And I, I, I do know one of the theories is we did make a deal, but they kind of got a little greedy and, uh, people are disappearing and where are they going to? Cause let's face it. That's a lot of body mass. Uh, so it's got to go somewhere. It just doesn't disappear. It's, it, it takes up space. So these are all good questions. Uh, absolutely. Well, David, David tells me, and, uh, you know, he's gone into pretty graphic detail with me over the years, that most of the people that are abducted eventually are disposed of. Uh, they use for experimentation. Uh, the slave labor until they drop or, uh, and he has actually seen the disposal of the bodies. And he, like I said, he has described it. I, I described it in the book. It's basically these, uh, these things, these humans or these other beings are, are dropped into a, like a cylinder in which, uh, all the moisture is removed from them. And uh, they fall to the bottom where they're incinerated. Now, he's also described to me actual experimentations, actual surgeries 
to where uh, and he, he and then the one thing he did say most of the incisions were done through the back. Now he doesn't know if they were taking organs or what they were doing, but you know these people, if they were abducted, you know from Earth or from wherever they they just didn't go back. There's a lot. There, there's a lot of people that have been abducted that just never return. And in fact, I've been involved with cases where, and, and one in particular where the, the, the individual just did not return. And uh, there was just no explanation as to why it happened. Now, of course, you know, David Polite has been talking about the missing 411 cases. Uh, he doesn't really have an explanation for it. And if he does, he's not really saying it. But uh, you know that, that may be that may involve alien abductions. It may be a simple case of people going through some type of uh, gateway without their knowledge and, and just going into another reality, or some other being is taking them. So, yeah, there, there are a lot of people that go missing every year. There's no doubt about that, and a lot never return. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of speculation as to these underground facilities and uh, uh, the United States and and these other otherworldly beings working in tandem together. I, I think a lot of that may have been true a while back, but I, I just don't know how involved it is now. No, as far as the underground facilities, yeah, there are a lot of those in the United States. Um, and particularly out in the southwest of the United States. But I have also heard about the the, uh, the Smoky Mountain underground area that uh, there does seem to be a lot of disappearances of people around there, uh, possibly something in and around the Brown Mountain area as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of things over the years, but it, it's just difficult to to pinpoint it and to really prove it. Oh, it is. And that's the interesting part. You know, like Timothy Collin has been on my show like four or five times the past year. In fact, he's going to be coming up here next month again. He was the number ninth implant <laughs> removal uh, from the late Dr. Roger Lear. And he had an implant removed from him that there's no way it could have been compounded on earth. But, you know, what I find is strange here, Dr. Roger Lear is gone. He had a surgical team that actually was removing the implants, but nobody has stepped up to do what he was doing. It's like, are they scared to? Uh, it's, it's interesting because it's a lot of strange things going on. You know, people claiming that they're being abducted. But you think about this, like me and James talk about it all the time. If I abduct somebody, I'm going to go to prison for the rest of my life. And and these abduction cases are nightmares for people. If they're lucky enough to be returned, they're a basket case the rest of their life. They're going to have emotional stress that they'll never get over with. I mean, I hear it by talking to them. It, 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 imagine going to bed at night and wondering if you're going to be waking up in bed or getting in the car and going on a vacation. Well, are you going to make it to where you're going? These are the thoughts that these people have in their mind, and I, I, I would not want to be in their situation. But it, 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 it's something is going on which I don't understand. 
the cattle mutilation has been going on for so many years, and they figure it's been well over 5,000 animals that's been mutilated in our country alone. The people being mutilated, you know, there's been bodies of humans, uh, like in Brazil, Portugal, the rainforest, in our own country. Uh, it, it shows signs of they were being abducted and had certain things removed that could not have been done in the location they were or with the technology we have. That's the part that scares me. And a lot of people just turn their head and go, oh, it's all fairy tale. Mm. Well, you know, I guess you can take one consolation that we get very few, if any, I just want to know of one case that may very well have been someone who was abducted and, and killed and re- returned. Um, you know, there's no, you know, there's no uh, absolute proof that it did happen, but, you know, we've worked the case for years that we believe it's a good possibility that it did happen. Uh, I, 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 but I do believe that there is an agenda for taking people for whatever reason and, uh, uh, why they do it and what they use them for. Uh, other than maybe the slave labor or for organs or other bodily uh, material, um, I, I really don't know. But there, there just does seem to be a lot of people that disappear for whatever reason. Well, maybe they taste good. Well, that may be very true because um, David has claimed that uh, the reptilians and there's another... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Species that he has no idea what it is, but it looks very similar to reptile, and they will eat flesh. And they even eat their kind as well. So uh, he's he's actually observed that. Now um, he he said that they will eat human flesh. So um, yeah, that you know, is it for food? Well, that's a possibility. I'm, I I suppose. I don't know. I would think if they were going through and doing mutilation for cattle and doing the same thing over and over, you know, since the forties when they started actually keeping track. And you know it's gone on before the 40s. It makes you wonder, well, gee, how many times do you have to sit there and uh, and do what you do to figure out what makes a cow be a cow and what, what makes a bull be a bull or, or an elk an elk? I mean, if you do it over again repeatedly, you know, for years and like 5,000, they should have had their answer years ago. Unless there's certain things they want from these 
you know, critters, you know, of the blood, uh, certain sex glands, certain weird things that maybe we can't comprehend what it's being used for. You know, like I mentioned, you know, James, you heard me mention this. I, in, in the Orient, a, a bull penis is worth over $5,000. I'm just using that as a term. Maybe some of these parts of these animals or humans or a delicacy where they could be worth a lot you know, somewhere else. That's true. You you have said that. And I've always looked at the facts and and there's a pattern. It's always usually some of the jaw area, the eyeballs, the uh, genital reproductive uh, organs and stuff like that are surgically removed. And usually there's no blood. So these are all patterns of facts that we know of. And this goes on for years, hundreds of years, probably. So they have a procedure, they have a routine what it is and what it's for and what they need it for, these are all good questions. And like you've said before, uh, one of the scientists said that they've done this to cattle while they were alive and standing up because of the water, how it drained down the uh, snout. No, it was a pathologist, a a guy who's very well known in that profession. The last uh, mutilation here in Oregon, he, he, he claims that if you remove the eyes from a cow or a bull, okay? And they're laying down. The liquid from the brain would drain out and it would run off the, the side of their uh, their face. It wouldn't run off to their nostrils. The, the cases that he's investigated is that, that once the eyes removed, the liquid ran all the way to the nostril, which he says the cattle or the animal would have been standing up when it happened not laying down. So he said these animals are being whatever they're having done to them while they're still alive, at least at the start of the offset of what's going on. Hmm. And that makes me wonder I, if you're um, going to... I, I talked to an investigator years ago uh, who had a little bit of um, scientific background as far as with DNA and such. He, now, his theory is that these um, these otherworldly beings, their morphology is more related, close, more closely related to bovine DNA as opposed to human DNA. So I don't know if that's a reason why they are taking certain parts of the the cows, bovines, steer, or whatever. Uh, but that that seems to be his theory. I you know I I don't know how true that is, but. Um, you know, it's, it's something to think about. Well, I feel sorry for whatever animal, be it a, a cow or a bull or an elk or a human. You know, again, uh, some of these human mutilations, too. The same thing. The eyes were removed. The, the sex glands removed. The heart was removed. And a lot of the cases, too, the, the puncture wounds where the, the insides have been removed are like three little puncture wounds where it, somehow it was like sucked out. I don't know. As long as I don't get abducted or somebody in my family, I'm not, yeah, I did, all I can say is it's, it's scary. And and some of these people I've had on my show, you know, claim that they've been abducted all, you know, since a childhood, all the way up to the adulthood, you know, once or twice a year going for that situation. Again, that's why I mentioned that emotionally some of these people are basket cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have seen that as well with experiencers, but, uh, 
you know, I it, it does seem that there are certain criteria. It's usually uh, people in one family who will constantly be taken uh, generation-wise. It, it does seem to work like that. Um, most people... Most people are abducted just one time or that they only remember or recall one time, uh, you know. Uh, and then, of course, if somebody's abducted and not returned, then you just really don't know what the situation was. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very intriguing and very scary. And, uh, you know, we, we have a, a lot more questions than we do have answers but it's a phenomenon that that's been going on for millennia, millennia actually. So, um, you know, are we ever going to get down to what it actually is? I don't know, but I, I do believe that these beings have been here for a long, long time, and that at this point, I think that they have a very close relationship with us, not only with, uh, you know, being able to live among us, but to actually be a part of us as well. Yeah, you're so right. Anyway, we're going to go on break. And I tell the people all the time on the show, maybe we're nothing more on this planet than a farm. Anyway, we'll be back in about three and a half minutes. You're listening to Lon, James, and me, Gary, on Night Dreams Talk Radio. You enter a realm of spirits. Of sight and sound and mind. Your radio is a cosmic doorway and your psyche begins to spark. When you tune in to Gary and the Sun and Night Dreams After Dark. paranormal story you want to share on night dreams talk radio you could be a guest email us at night dreams talk radio at gmail.com you can advertise your business on night dreams talk radio and you will be heard worldwide why not contact us at night dreams talk radio at gmail.com you're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark with our host, Gary Anderson.
And here I am. James, you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Well, you have some great questions to ask our guests. Yeah, I do. Uh, hey, um, Lon, there's been a lot of reports of these other um, like variations on Bigfoot, like a bat squatch and a sheep squatch and other things like that. Uh, what have you come across in, in your research or reports that you've you've have gotten? Well, as far as the bat squatch, I mean, that could have, you know, the, these cases have been coming out of uh, southern Wisconsin for the most part and northern Illinois. Now, we, we did receive a case last year in Woodstock, Illinois, of a Bigfoot-like creature. I mean, large size, hairy, hominid that actually had wings and this thing had been seen at least twice. We got a second, we got a third report. Uh, you know, it, it did seem credible to a point, but, uh, we did, you know, we did put it into the mix, but this was during the winter time. And, um, these, uh, these witnesses were very credible and Basically, they saw what looked like the Bigfoot creature crossing a road that had structures on its back that resembled wings. Now, is that a bat? Is that a bat squatch or whatever? I, I suppose. I mean, you know, Linda Godfrey first wrote about what she called the bat squatch uh, that had been seen in Wisconsin. So, I, I don't know. I mean. I, there are other beings that have, I have been reported to me that have wings, uh, some big, some small, but uh, as to what they really are, you know, we, we really don't know. But, uh, yeah, we do get a lot of strange reports of winged beings. That That's, I, I've heard some myself. Now, the uh, dogman reports along with, uh, are they dogmen? Are they werewolves? Are they... Uh, uh, a different breed. What, what's your reports or your information or your thoughts on those? Well, here in Pennsylvania, we have been investigating uh, these upright canine uh, beings, bipedal beings. That they're huge. I mean, th these are these are huge animals. Um, around 2014. My associate Butch Bukowski and I had started getting these these sighting reports in uh, in central Pennsylvania, extending from the Allegheny uh, State Forest southeast into York and Lancaster County, close to the border of Maryland. So it's a pretty decent sized area, but there were certain areas that had high concentrations of these sightings in a well as well, and for the most part. The descriptions were, uh, just think of the Underworld series, uh, the werewolves or the lichens in the Underworld series. That's what people were describing practically. Uh, these, these beings were anywhere from 8, 9, 10 foot tall. They were bipedal with hocked legs for the most part. Some had the straight legs, muscular legs. Very tapered waist, uh, heavy chest. Uh, some had sparse hair. Some had a lot of hair. The, uh, the head of a wolf or a German Shepherd-like dog. Uh, 
some had real heavy manes on them, and for the most part, their eyes were like a yellowish color. And uh, they had arms that ended in claws. And um, people would actually walk up to these things. They, they very rarely gave ground. They stood where they were. Uh, we've had hunters even were armed that refused to even take a shot at this thing because they didn't know what was going to happen. They would just literally just slowly back up and get away. Uh, the, the aggression, there hasn't been much aggression demonstrated by these beings. Uh, there was a case recently up in Center County, Pennsylvania, at Rothrock State Park, where three couples had encountered during the day one of these these large upright canines. And when one of the women screamed, this thing took uh, a few steps forward, like an aggressive move, but di it didn't attack them. But, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're getting. Now, we've also had uh, canine-like beings, quadrupeds, that reminded people in body style of that of the hyena, but a hyena that had a head of a wolf. And, uh, but the body style was, was very similar to a human as far as musculature and such. And, uh, you know, I, I just consider those as dogmen. I, you know, the upright canines, I don't like really calling them dogmen. I just call them the upright canines. There, there do seem to be different varieties in different parts of the country. But like I said, here in Pennsylvania, those are the two types that were running up across you know, up to. So, uh, at this point now, we personally have, well, and, and there have been some historical sightings as well, but at this point we have, and I, you know, I kind of lose count. I think it was about 26 reports since 2014. So there, there's quite a lot of activity. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. What other um, cryptids that are, you know, oddball or, or something different that you're getting reports on that, that uh, a lot of people haven't heard of? Well, you know, of course, you know, here in Pennsylvania, we've had these, we've had a lot of strange wing beings. Um, for years, I've been investigating a phenomena that I call uh, a man ray cryptid or, you know, a, a flying being that kind of looks like a manta ray, quite frankly, you know, a manta ray that swims in the water, but these fly. Uh, and I've had reports throughout the country, but most of the reports have been in, um, in the West Virginia, Virginia area, and uh, had a couple down in Texas. But, you know, they... they they're interesting because they, when they fly, they undulate like an actual manta ray. They vary in sizes anywhere from, you know, five, six foot across to a couple feet across. They're usually gray in color. Some are translucent. Um, I, I think there's something other than just being a flesh and blood being. I think these are possibly bio type craft uh, to some degree. 
uh, it may be UFO, but they're usually reported close to water as well. There's usually some type of body of water or a large river nearby when these are seen. So this is something I've been working on for the past decade, been getting, collecting reports on. Uh, of course, we have other winged beings. Uh, we have we have had something here where I'm at in, in Adams in York County that I call the the Conewaga Phantom. I had an encounter back in '88 with this thing. Uh, it, it's described very similar to what people are seeing in Chicago, uh, with the red eyes and the uh, bat-like wings. It's been seen on several occasions along the creek from Adams County east into uh, the Susquehanna River where it, it empties into the Susquehanna in York County. So, you know, I think the last sighting that was reported to me was three or four years ago. But that's something else that people have been seeing. So, you know, Pennsylvania is kind of an oddball state because there's a lot of different things that are reported. And, of course, Stan Gordon has been reporting phenomena here in Pennsylvania for almost 50 years. And, uh, you know, he, he has reported a lot of strange activity, especially along the Chestnut Ridge uh, from Westmoreland County down south into West Virginia. So uh, there's been any anything, everything from UFO to possible connection with Bigfoot, large cat sightings, uh, alien sightings, strange paranormal phenomena, unexplained beings. So uh, it kind of runs the gamut in the state. Yeah, I guess it does. How about um, any reports, probably not Pennsylvania, but of other uh, living dinosaurs? We've been hearing a lot of reports about those, too, like little T-Rexes or something like that. Uh, Surely you get reports on those also. Yeah, most of those I have received from the southern Texas area between San Antonio and uh, the Rio Grande. Uh, I don't know what it is about that area. Uh, It's a little further south into the plains from the hill country area. But there have been these uh, these small T-Rex type uh, being seen. Uh, I, I think I have probably received, I guess, three reports over the years. Uh, it hasn't been a whole lot. Uh, they're described as anywhere from a couple foot tall to the size of a road runner, but they, they are actually small T-Rex, T-Rex shaped like dinosaurs. I mean, you know, that's the best people explain what it looks like, uh, I've never gotten a picture of it. I've gotten, a, but I do have people that very credible people that have seen this thing. Wow! Yeah, yeah of course you got the winged pterosaurs, and you know that look like pterodactyls or pterosaurs or uh, pterodons. Uh, that phenomenon is, is pretty well spread out. Uh, the, the most famous case I imagine was the Van Meter visitor in Van Meter, Iowa. Uh, that was described as being a pterodorn. Uh, I have received sightings through the, the uh, southwest into Texas. And, of course, in uh, Illinois and Indiana, there have been sightings as well of these things. So, you know, this is something else 
I mean, is it a relic or is it something, an interdimensional type winged being? I mean, I don't know. Hey, Lon, I will say this. One of my regular guests, uh, Joe Taylor, who runs a museum in Mount Blanco, he goes out and looks for dinosaur bones. And one of the richest areas in this country is Texas for dinosaur bones. I mean, it, that and not just dinosaur, there's camel, all kinds of these things that uh, all of a sudden, just like he said, were covered like with a mud silt and after they died or maybe caused their death. But there's been a lot of reports of these, you know, like T-Rexes, not just in our country, but, you know, he was talking about in Africa where he went, you know, years ago, because he's been all around the world looking for dinosaur bones. He went into this one village and they told him that recently one of the hunters went out to kill a pig. He saw a pig. He had a spear. He threw the spear. No, he didn't throw the spear. He saw the pig. And about the same time he was getting ready to throw the spear, a miniature, like 10 foot high T-Rex grabbed the pig. He threw the spear and took off running. And he went back and he told the villagers what he saw they didn't believe him. The next morning, they went out. They could smell a horrible smell. And there it was, a miniature T-Rex. In its mouth was a pig. But there's been so many reports of this or in the Amazon, all kinds of places. And people have asked me, well, why aren't these? Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, these... T-Rexes or dinosaurs, why aren't they full size? As I was explained by a scientist that's on my show, that it's no way they could be full size like they were originally because the oxygen content would not support their growth. So I, I don't know. I do believe that we do have these, you know, cryptic dinosaurs running around some parts of the world. Well, uh, you know, I, I do believe there, there are a lot of things out there we just don't know about, you know. These tales coming from the uh, the deepest parts of uh, Africa, uh, these these brontosaurus type be- uh, uh, animals or uh, winged pterosaur type beings as well. Yeah, they they have come. They have been a, a staple of African cryptozoology for years now, and uh, there have been a lot of expeditions that have been conducted uh, as well. So um, some of the stories coming out of Africa are pretty interesting. Uh, and I have no doubt there may be, there very well may be something there we just don't know about. Well, again, you know, like when I ran into my Bigfoot up in the Canadian Rockies, I wasn't looking for a Bigfoot. 
we were out yeah. there just taking pictures and then we accidentally ran across one. I think a lot of people, they get, you know, ah, there's no such thing. I've been out looking for Bigfoot for years. I never saw one. You know what? It's, it's just, if you're out looking for something, I think it's very rare. I don't think there's a huge population of them or of a lot of these cryptics. If you're out looking for them, you're never going to find them. Like, I know a guy who's been every year going out looking for Thunderbird, never found one. He claims he found traces, but he's never found one. Well, how many Thunderbirds are going to be, you know, flying around where you're going to go out and look for one and find one? Yeah, it's like anything else. I mean, very rarely you go out looking, you're going to find anything. Uh, you know, <laughs> I hear people all the time talking about that they're Bigfoot hunting and they're going, well, they just they just never see it. Uh, it's not like what you see on TV that every time you go out looking for a ghost, you're going to see one, or you go out looking for a Bigfoot, you're going to run across one. It, it doesn't work out like that. I've been fortunate enough to be able to see a few things that, in my life, but... Uh, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. Well, when you saw your Bigfoot, can you describe uh-huh. what it looked like? I'm going to tell you what I saw. Okay, I saw something around seven feet or eight feet in height, about around 500 or 600 pounds. It ran after us, not on just two legs. It ran between two legs and four legs, two legs and four legs. Uh-huh. I, I turned around several times before I urinated on myself because that's how scared I was, that I saw how it ran. And then I had Ed Romans on my show, because he heard my show. He lives in British Columbia uh, on a farm, which is very close to the forest. And he every day he would take his dog out to a path in the woods to go walking. And one day he saw a Bigfoot. And he said he saw the same thing. It ran after him. It ran between two legs and four legs. I'm just curious what you saw. Well, what I saw was uh, it looked more like a uh, what people described as a Neanderthal. It was about maybe seven to eight foot in height, uh, very muscular, big body, had hair, dark brown hair on it. Uh, it was kind of sparse in some places. On the chest, it was kind of sparse. Uh, the face itself looked more human than than ape. Uh, it had a conical head, but the face itself had, uh, you know, it wasn't fully covered in hair. The skin was kind of dark in color. Uh, it was definitely a male because I could see the genitalia on it. And, uh, you know, when this thing came out of the bushes and came out in the open and looked right at me, you know, I, you know, course i was freaking out i didn't really know what i was seeing you know this was like i said back in 81 so i really you know i was into the paranormal but it was encrypted basically you know and uh there had been some uh stories about what they called the sykesville monster in that area about seven to eight years previous to that but I, I never really gave much thought about it until I had my encounter. Then I started investigating it. And that's kind of where I started at with cryptids. But, no, this thing, um, you know, and like I said, again, it looked more human than it did ape. Well, I, I remember just glancing that when I saw its face. 
it, it again i it, like i always said the whole head was not covered with hair uh mm. the forehead was not covered with hair but yeah. the rest of it was but it did look human in a lot of ways and it did have a penis i will say that uh mm-hmm. and and that's like one of our guests last night said the same thing you know if you look at a bigfoot female they got boobies when they run they 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 wiggle a lot of these people who you know put up these videos of bigfoot or so uh called bigfoot you can tell right off the bat they're fake because they're wearing a costume. You don't see the muscles. You don't see the muscle move. You don't see a lot of these, you know, things that, you know, which really would identify it as being real. Yeah, you know, that, that is one thing that people fail to say, that when you see this thing in person, you do see the musculature moving uh, in the back, in the legs, in the buttocks area, uh, it, it does move. Uh, so, uh, you know, what I saw was definitely what people call a Bigfoot. Now, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that's what it was. But then again, you know, when you go back and think about it, you, you really do not sure what you saw, but you think that's what it was. So, well, I, yeah. when I look back at it, uh, Lon, I, I look at it wasn't human. It wasn't a hairy man. I don't know what it is or was, but I can, I can tell you this way. When we got back to the car, it or its mate or companion was right there at the tree line, 25, 30 feet away from the car. And -hmm. it was bending a tree over like about a four or five inch tree, like nothing. And and I can tell you we were early June up in the Canadian Rockies and it was still snow on sides of the road in in places. Uh It was cold. The smell was so pungent. I, I can still taste it when I think about it. It burnt my throat. It, I could taste it. That's how pungent it was. It, I'd never smelled anything that bad in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there are people that do describe uh, a garbage-like smell or a rotten meat-like smell. Um, I, I did get some odor detection that actually reminded me of fox urine, something to that degree. Uh, now I was, I was about 40, I don't know, about 30 or 40 yards away from it, but I did get a real good look at it. Uh, one thing it did do as well was making a ticking sound, which I, I figured out later that it was gnashing its teeth for some reason. Um, but it was very audible to me. So, yeah, I, you know, like I said, when it came out of the the bushes and stood several seconds looking at me, it just turned on dime and walked up into the woods, walked very briskly up into the woods. You were lucky. Now, James, uh, we only got like a few more minutes with Lon. Why don't you go ahead Mm -hmm. and ask him a couple, uh, you know, take the next couple minutes and ask him some questions. Yeah, uh, Lon, I don't know how close it is in your area, but not too long ago in Pennsylvania, they found a bunch of giant bones, and they kind of hushed them up. Uh, what did you hear or anything about that? Honestly, I haven't heard anything about that. I really okay. haven't. And, and, and how about any other reports of giants? Because sometimes there's reports of those, and I know uh, they try to cover that up real quick for some reason. Uh, any reports on that? Not, not really. You know, you hear a lot of things. Um, 
you know, I don't know. You know, you know that, that's a phenomenon. It's interesting, but uh, until there's more scientific proof, I mean, solid scientific proof, uh, I'm going to leave it leave it open because <laughs> you know, I, I, I really has been proven to me that any evidence has really been found. Okay, um, now there's a lot of people, you know. Obviously, they're out looking for tracks or whatever. What would be your best advice for somebody that wants to collect evidence, maybe DNA or whatever? What should they take with them? What should they look for? Well, if, you know, I, I'd say the first thing is, you know, to look for tracks. If you see something interesting and you're able to maybe cast it, at least get a photograph of it as detailed as possible. Uh, always keep some some small plastic bags with you for evidence. You know, there's a lot of hair out there. I mean, most people can recognize deer hair, but if it was something other than that, you can, uh, you know, you can collect it as best as possible without any DNA transference by using some type of uh, tweezers or another implement to put it in the bag. Uh, I don't necessarily prescribe people taking scat samples because quite, quite frankly most of the people that I've talked to that do DNA analysis are, are get, do get tired of scat samples coming their way all the time. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to really prove much of anything with that any, anyway. But uh, you know, if you're going to be out into a specific area or if it's someplace on property that you're, you're acquainted with or that you own I, I would definitely put some some type of trail cams up, uh, right. you know, and to check them regularly to see what shows up. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if these beings are able to detect these trail cams. I would suggest that if you do put it up, just don't put it on some tree that's out in the wide open. Kind of camouflage it somehow. Uh, but you know, there there are a few things you can do. You know, it. You know, if even if it, it's to the point where you're going to go and sit in a tree stand for hours at a time, and maybe watch an area that you think is a good uh, animal trail or game trail, uh, I would suggest to, to watch those areas, uh, especially if you think there is Bigfoot activity along it. That may be a good opportunity for you to be able to see something. These are all good points. Also, do you think they they uh, get up into the trees and maybe a lot of people just walk under them, don't even know? Oh, I think it's possible. I really do. I I have um, I have talked to people who swear they saw these things up in the trees, and they're just not juvenile Bigfoot. They're fairly good sized beings. Uh, I, I think they are strong enough and have the agility to get up in certain trees. Right, yeah, I do too. I, I've often wondered that, and we've talked, man, Gary, about the getting DNA instead of maybe casting these tracks. Maybe try to to uh, get hair or, or flesh samples no, out James, of DNA. I, I got to yeah. jump in. Our time is up here. Lon, boy, I don't know why I keep trying to call you some other name. Why don't you tell people how they can find you and you know, you know, last two books, how they can you know get them and what they are. Well, you can go to my my website, my blog at phantomsandmonsters.com. Uh, you can sign up for the free daily newsletter. 
my books can be found on Amazon. Uh, my last two books are Mothman Dynasty, Chicago's Winged Humanoids, and my most recent book is Alien Disclosure, Experiences Exposed Reality, and I'm currently working on a flying cryptid book as well. Uh, just go to Amazon, put my name, Lon Strickler, in the search, and it should come up. And uh, I also do a, a radio show live and then a podcast uh, each Friday night at 9 o'clock Eastern on Paranormal King Radio Network at ParanormalKing.com. Oh, boy. I, again, I just don't see how you had all this time, Lon. I, I, like I said, myself, I, I spend 12 hours a day, and I tell you, I'm pulling what hair I have left out. Again, you'll be on my show later this month with, uh, or next month uh, in November with Tobias Whalen, too. And we'll be talking about cryptics and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tob- Tobias and I uh, work together on a lot of investigations, have been since the Chicago flap started. And uh, uh, he and Emily are, are part of uh, the Fans of Monsters research team. Wow. I don't know how you do it, my friend. Well, anyway, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed having you on. And uh, till like uh, late November, I want you to have a great Halloween and a great Thanksgiving that's coming up. Uh, thank you. Same to you. And thanks for having me. Okay, sir. We'll talk to you later. Well, we're going to uh-huh. be going on, going on break here. We'll be back in two and a half minutes. You're listening to Night Dream Stock Radio. We'll be back after all this. and cruel since his youthful days in school his siblings he never did treat well his self-centered bent was his dark side lament with a focus on hypnotize and spell he memorized laws to help sharpen his claws for a future for which he was bent the time would surely come when for office he would run and claim he was just heaven sent. Another politician has just taken center stage. He tells all the people that he loves them so. He comes on like a sage, says with him they should engage. A false prophet selling endless empty pros. Of a dead bodies on his climb to the top The highest post was his aspiration But he forgot to read the portrait And the contract that he signed Which caused a U-turn to his final destination He continued on his pathway of destruction and decay Never. If you would like to hear Night Dreams Talk Radio On your local radio station, let them know Tell them to check out www.nightdreamstalkradio.com And thank you. Coming to you from some far point station, like a cosmic tumbleweed, both north and south of the Pleiades, here's your host, Gary Anderson. And that is me. Boy, Lon had a lot of interesting things to say, say, didn't he, uh, James? Yeah, he did. We learned a lot of stuff on there, I got to tell you. It's very 
very intriguing and very interesting, definitely, and uh, very educational. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he felt the same way I, I feel, that there's people going missing. And what he said about this other thing, I didn't even know about maybe these people, after they've been harvested off our planet and not returned, you know, like all the liquid uh, sucked out of them and then kind of like, you know, burned up and get rid of the remains, what was left. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's brutal. It's just, it's awful. I mean, you, you, we're just nothing but uh, slave labor and food and, and science projects to them, basically, and they can do whatever they want, and we have no control over it. And, it, and these are rotten feelings to have, especially if you've been re- abducted or repeatedly abducted, and you've got post-traumatic stress, and you got to think about these things before you go to bed at night. And that's not knowing what they're even doing to you. Maybe you don't know everything. Maybe you don't want to know. No, maybe the, the, some of these people, too, have been abducted. Who knows how long they've been abducted to? You know, they might think they were only, they were, for example, if they were single, right? That, that they could have been abducted for days and days. And who knows what has been done to them before they were returned. That that's true. Just like uh, Travis Walton, he he thought he was gone. What maybe a, a few hours or a day, and he was gone for five days because you know, time is different, and, and these UFOs are basically time machines. I mean, they could go out and be gone just to them maybe an hour, but in our time, it may be days. And, and you know, because when he came back, he had like a five day growth of beard, and he thought he was just gone a day. So yeah, these things could definitely happen. Well, it just makes me wonder what is going on with all these missing people. Are they being used for working in mines? Are they still looking for gold? Maybe they're still looking for resources or something on our planet where they have to use humans as slaves, as we were told. It's a possibility. It sure is, and uh, it makes sense. It fits a lot of it fits a lot of checks a lot of dots, so to speak. Fits a lot of boxes, but if that's so, it's it's so nefarious and, and just scary to think these things. Because here's the other thing: if they're not doing that to you and throwing you away or using your organs, they're eating you or whatever they're doing to you, they're using you up. And when they're done with you, well, okay, see ya. You know, we we don't want to send you back because we send too many back, and everybody's going to start talking, and getting wise. Well, yeah, if they abducted somebody and they're making them work as a slave to they, you know, virtually can't work anymore, the only option they probably have at that point is to, well, get rid of them and, and not return them. And they, they, evidently they don't think enough of humanities or humans, I should say, to, you know, they, they, I hate to say it, to suck the fluids out of a human and then burn them up just like nothing. I know. And, you know, a lot of these different type scenarios that I've been hearing about throughout the years, matter of fact, there always seems to be the reptoid um, species tied to it one way or another. I don't know if you've noticed that in your research and whatnot or whatever, but that's what I've noticed. Well, I noticed, too, I've heard from other people, you know, uh, people who investigate this subject say the same thing, that they even eat each other. So if they even eat each other, then I, I guess maybe we're a delicacy to them. Yeah, that could be. I mean, can you? Yeah, you imagine if you eat, if you eat each other, you'll eat anything. So yeah, we're probably a nice little snack. I mean, I could see that. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know. Sam, are you there? Yes, it must be a dog eat dog world then. Well, maybe they don't eat dog because they're precious to them. Yeah, but they'll eat each other and they'll eat humans. 
Yeah, isn't that interesting? And then they use us as slaves too. That why not? I guess we we can be used for a lot of different things. It was a little disturbing about this interdimensional thing. <laughs> I started thinking about it um, with with uh, Leon, I guess our last guest here, um, and the fact that we know the count. I, I'm pretty sure the Bigfoots and the cryptids and the different kinds of cryptids seem to appear and disappear. And that's a good explanation is about interdimensional portals. But then it can open the door to the fact that the aliens probably using those as well. They could open one right in your bedroom. I've already had my friend have one open up in her tent and disappear. So portals can open up in your tent or in your house or on your wall. Something can come through, grab you, pull you back through, and where you go from there is, you know, nobody knows. It could, you could serve as a slave, or then after you're done with that, and food is the next choice. Yeah, or they suck all the fluids out of you and, and just yeah. kind of burn you up to nothing. But, you know, that makes sense, because a lot of people say that these abductions happen like they're in bed, and these creatures walk right through the wall, like the bedroom wall. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All. Just like nothing. Maybe they're opening the portal and that's why they get there. You know, instead of, you know, if you remember Stargate, you remember how these uh, one, whatever they were, warlords could just travel, you know, through space and, and time. That probably the same way. I mean, if they want to abduct somebody, they just open up a, uh, a, a portal just and pull you right through the wall. That That's the portal right there. That makes sense because that's how they come into your room to get you. That makes way better sense than thinking that something solid goes through a solid wall. I don't think that's the case. I think it's more of a, being able to open a portal <clears throat> anywhere you go. I mean, that. think about that. I always thought of portals as being a static uh location like on the earth or you know like at stonehenge or places where there's high energy but if they're able to do it anywhere on the planet or take a bigfoot where they're running chasing elk and all of a sudden they go past this one tree and disappear and literally maybe they cloak themselves but on the other hand or just something happens where they can generate some kind of portal right in front of them walk right through it end up someplace else I mean, it's just very bizarre when you think about it. It also kind of makes you very, very concerned because we as humans do not have that capability 
And hence, that puts us at a severe disadvantage, uh, protecting us from higher food chain issues. <laughs> well, they could look at this. They could create a portal where a whole group of you know soldiers are, for example, and just suck them all through it. I mean, they could do a whole. If they could do that in an area like out in the woods or in somebody's bedroom, right, or in their car. Who knows how big an area they could create? Could they even suck a small town into the portal and, you know, make it dis- disappear? They could. And a lot of movies have been made uh, kind of implying that, too. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, I never run across that situation. Well, how about you, James? Well, here's a scenario for you. What if they're opening these portals throughout the country, throughout the woods and all over, and after doing that, maybe that leaves a rip in time and it leaves a permanent portal there. Or maybe they're setting like portals out for traps so you know people just haplessly walk into them and now they've got them for slave or whatever, a catch-all. I mean, these are all possible uh, scenarios. Could be. Can yeah. you imagine like downtown of a major city, you, you know, you're walking on the sidewalk or, and all of a sudden you just walk through a portal. And you're gone. They got you. You disappear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a real yeah. hole. Just lay it down. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst kind of manhole to be drop through, you know it? <laughs> or could you imagine they just hover over a, you know, a, a triangle that just hovers over one a main intersection, right? Uh, towards dusk and where, you know, there's not a lot of cars, but just suck up a whole bunch of uh, cars at one time. And boy, they got slave labor. Yeah, and I believe they can do this through maybe in the sky and the oceans, too. Maybe that's why we lose some ships for people and, and planes as well. I don't know. I yeah. think there's more to this. You know, again, yeah, I always thought the portals would be just like come and go, but they would be in the same area. And now it's making logical sense that these portals maybe are not an act of nature or a freak of nature. They could be from one of these alien uh, races that are coming down, and they they create the portals to do what they ever want to do. Like, if they want to come down and, and investigate, they go through it. If they want to suck somebody through a portal into their lab and on their spaceship, they can do it. I mean, to me, that makes logical sense. I mean, a lot more than just that these portals are just act of nature. I'd, I got a funny feeling that's not the case. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they were created by one or several different species of, of aliens that are out there messing around uh, with their fabric of time or whatever they're doing in their dimensions. But it, it's, it's a plausible reason why so many thousands of people yearly are just banished, gone. Yeah, it's kind of scary, isn't it? Well, they yeah. talk about there's like 66 different species or race. I'm going to call them races of beings or species of intelligent beings that uh, have been interacting with this planet. And the fact that the reptilians, for instance, I thought that was a fantasy, almost like Bigfoot was a fantasy at one time. And slowly but surely, as I started processing through certain information and different stories, uh, accounts, I'm not so sure about that anymore as far as the reptilians. And I think they do exist. There's some bizarre things associated with them. But what's really uncanny is when when you start 
researching about the reptilians and some of the things they can do. It's the same kind of abilities that Bigfoot and the other cryptids have. The same kind of way to fool people into thinking that's... In other words, they could shapeshift, for instance, and you would think it's a human. and But it's not. And this is sort of the thing. And then you talk about the hybrids, too. The hybridization of uh, humans crossed with reptilian blood or something like that. So there's stories associated with that, like the orange negative blood, for instance. It seems to be associated with royalty, which seems to be also have a tie-in with the reptilian race. And there are stories out there along those lines as well. So I've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit myself personally, uh, not just Bigfoot and little people. So I'm still researching, still trying to figure things out. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty bizarre. I think so. I, I was just reading an article yesterday, matter of fact, last night after the show. The the writer of the article said that he believes that, well, there's a species of aliens walking among us, and we don't even know them because they're not so much shape-shifting. They can sit there and control our mind. So when they're, like, you know, hypnotize the people, thinking that, oh, that's just another person, when they're not. They don't look like us. But when you're near one, you, you, you don't don't see what they really look like. And I kind of remember that even from an old uh, Twilight Zone one, that these creatures could just look at you and you look at them and you think he's a normal human being. But in fact, it, it's a horrible creature. Kind of like mass, yeah. hip, uh, uh, mass hypnotism of the population. Do you remember that movie, They Live? It came out back in the late 80s. And it was a, it was a John Carpenter film. And it had to do with a a guy that got a hold of these special sunglasses, and every time he put them on, the aliens would reveal themselves. They were uh, masking themselves as humans and mixing in with the population. But every time he put these glasses on, they could be seen for what they really were. And every time they looked up at a billboard that had a commercial message on it, it would have it would have. Uh, stark messages that would say something like procreate or just command messages to to subliminally control the humans. It was a really great film when it came out. Kind of makes you think that maybe somebody knew something when they made that film. Well, maybe they did. But if they did, they I don't think they would have survived to the end of the film. I don't know. But I do know something is going on. I do know that we're not going to be told Till it's too late, you know. I, I, I feel like, yeah, we're being visited by UFOs. I just think there's such deeper matter. What is actually going on? Oh, it's not surface. I mean, people, people tend to gloss over the fact that there's probably no big agenda or anything, but it's complicated. I think there are. Uh, there are very complicated agendas, and it just doesn't involve one group of aliens. It involves a whole group of different kinds of aliens that might have contractual agreements with each other, might have con- uh, certain agreements with the uh, the powers that be, the humans, of course, on this planet, and uh, and then using us as pawns in their chess game to do what they wish to do with us, and uh, as if we're cattle. And that's the problem I have with all this. 
I know something nefarious is going on under the scenes. I've, I've done enough research, and I'm sure a lot of people have done the same thing and kind of come to a conclusion that something's awry in our world, and we got to figure it out. Well, I just know that if we're not, you know, how can I say it? If they are among us, and if they made some type of human contract with our own government, I wouldn't trust that contract as far as I could throw off three and a half dollar bill because if they have the capabilities of everything that has been reported that they have to be able to do they don't need us other than what they need us for if you understand so yeah the the dumb politicians would probably agree to it thinking hey we're getting technology we're getting all this stuff but at the end i hate to say it they're not going to get anything as long as we're not going to get anything I think you're dealing with a situation of car, uh, compartmental uh, um, compartmentalization of uh, groups of people that the lower part of the chain of the hierarchy doesn't really know what's going on in the upper part. And they only let them know only so much information. But it's the ones at the top that are pulling the strings. And if it is the human rulers, I'm sure that the ones at the top are dealing with directly dealing with alien entities that are trying to control events on this planet. So as you go down the hierarchy, the, these people don't know what's really going on. I mean, people want to blame the senator. They want to blame our... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Government. They want to blame the senators and the, Repub- uh, the uh, representatives in the House. And even possibly our president of a lot of things that have to do with stuff like this. But they're, they're just as ignorant, I think. As a matter of fact, one of our presidents, and you may know which one it is, tried to inquire into uh, what was going on at Area 51 or one of the secret bases and, and was told he didn't have a high enough clearance to know any of the stuff that was going on in the, in the Black Projects area. Can you imagine that where the president of the United States does not have enough clearance to know what's going on inside our country underground. Well, that makes logical sense because I really don't think they do. I think we just sold, the politicians sold our souls away. That's what I think. I, I think these abductions are a lot more, because these amount of people are coming out as a lot. And it seems to be more and more and more people coming out of the closet saying, hey, I've been abducted. I've seen the UFOs. I've seen this. I've seen that. You have the Navy saying, well, there's UFOs of some sort. You got now the Army connecting with a, a private organization to share technology if, they, if it's found. Something is going on. And I, it really is. And it, it's kind of scary. And, you know, talking to all these guests about UFOs and abductions, if you listen to every one of them, and James, you know how I feel. They all 
are suffering emotional stress big time. Absolutely. And let me give you a little metaphor. Let's let's look at it like this. Um, ants are, say we're like ants to these uh, beings, and it's a big illusion. So in other words, if we make a deal with them, uh, like, yeah, we'll trade uh, some of ours. You can do whatever you want with them, give us some technology. The same scenario would be if ants could talk, and we were talking to ants, and they said, hey, give us some of your technology. Okay, we'll give you the blueprints of how to make a car or a CD player. And, uh, and uh, it's an illusion. It's like we're getting something, but we're not. They're just appeasing us because they can do with us what they want when they want to do it, and they're going to. Well, remember what we did to the American natives? You know, uh, we we said here, oh, hey, we'll give you some land after we stole everything from them, right? We'll give you some land. Uh, we'll give you equal rights. Well, you know, didn't happen. We lied to them repeatedly. I mean, just think about how many uh, Indians we've killed because of our lies. And yes, it's so uh, I feel the same way. We, we've been lied to. People are missing. There's no account for where these people are. The government's not going to come out and tell us because you know what? Maybe who knows what who's in the government? How do we know or how do we know who is human and who isn't anymore? You don't know. That's a that's a, that is a real good point. You know, one of the theories of my research for years with these reptilians is think about this theory that I've come across years ago. You know, when the dinosaurs died off, maybe they didn't all die off. Maybe they evolved into these reptoid beings and they most of them live underground and they've evolved and they're intelligent and and they do what they do and they, maybe they are more advanced than us. Think about it. Dinosaurs have been around before mankind millions of years. So think about that for a minute. That's just one of the theories. But yeah, it's an illusion. We, <laughs> they only think we're making deals with them. They're going to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. Well, they probably think if we're dumb enough to make a deal with them for a little bit of technology they give us, let's face it, whatever technology they give us is nothing compared to what they have. Just think about that. So if, if their motives are to take over our planet, to maybe colonize it over 100 or 200 years or 1,000 years, because we don't know what their time frame is. We only know what our time frame is, and it's very short and precious. But think about this. We got Antarctica melting. The Earth is off its uh, axis a little bit. It's gone tilted a little bit. Uh, that is also changing the climate change. The magnetic field is all going on. Maybe this is all being done to eventually eliminate us, for they can come over and take over our planet. Maybe they, they, they have to live in water, or underwater, or whatever. Because again, a lot of these sightings are UFOs coming out of the ocean or being in the ocean. It, it, it's something is up. I just we can only speculate. We don't know. That's the bad part. And the time we do find out, it'll be too late. Well, I think that the human race uh, in general needs to not be so trusting about what they're told. I personally think part of the problem is, is we don't think enough. We don't think deeply enough about situations. We don't question everything we're told since we're born. We need to because we don't know if we've been conned our entire lives, and of course we we have been conned our entire lives, 
told that we had to do this, told we have to do that. You think about it, it's just a, a form of mind conditioning. We have to learn to think for ourselves, and if we do that, we won't be corralled. Now, we've got a huge population on this planet, but a very small number of these controllers, whether they be human or alien, are taking advantage of the fact that we aren't thinking. We're allowing ourselves to be distracted too much, and that is a big problem. We've got to start thinking about more serious, important things in this life. Well, I'm scared. I'm scared for my grandkids. I repeatedly say this. I won't be around, but they're going to have to live in the 2040, 2050, 2060. They're going to have to live what we gave them. And I am ashamed to say what we're giving our grandkids. I, I To think about, we have destroyed our planet. And, and it's just a matter of another 20, 30 years before the effect is going to be felt by everybody. And that is the scary point. I don't think we can turn any of this around. It's gone past the turning around point. I really feel that. Yeah. Our future generation is going to curse us. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like the Terminator, uh, you know, scenario. Just think about this. 2040, 2050, when, you know, all these homes are underwater, people's property is gone. Uh, the the air is going to be more contaminated than it is now. Water is going to be precious where people will fight over it. People will fight for food because, let's face it, there won't be enough food to even grow because there'll be lack of water and all this other stuff. I mean, it's a scenario. You, could, you know what? When it doesn't happen now, like my wife, when we first got married, I would tell her, we have to stay on this budget because this is all the money we have. Well, she couldn't stay on the budget. She would go over the budget. The end of the month, she would start panicking. Well, we got to pay this and pay this. Well, Linda, I, we can't pay it. We have no money. But we got to pay it. Linda, I don't have the money. We have to pay it. Well, you want me to pull it from God? Because I don't have it. It's the same thing. We have destroyed our planet. And now we're going to have to pay for what we've done. Yep. Yeah. Pay the piper. We won't pay. Our grandkids are going to pay and their grandkids are going to pay. And if we have grandkids after that still walking on this earth, they're going to hate the hell out of what we've done to them. I agree. Can't argue with that. And I think these yep. aliens use our weaknesses against us. Just let us sit back and like you say, maybe they need to plan it messed up that, so they can live better. <laughs> uh, we don't know. Well, maybe if our planet was all underwater, they would love it. That's scary. Well, could be. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they're here to help mankind, why don't they refreeze Antarctica? I'm sure they would have the technology to stop it or something, and that's not happening. <laughs> no, they're just waiting for us all. to uh, kill the planet so they can move in and clean up the mess and start all over again. Hey, yeah, maybe they don't even breathe oxygen. We don't even know that. Anyway, guys, till tomorrow. And tomorrow is going to be, what, three hours of scary stories and all kinds of stuff because of Halloween. Spooky. Call-ins. Hopefully we'll get some call-ins. And by the way, the call-in number for tomorrow night is 1-253-203-6681. 
That's one two five three two zero three six six eight one. Guys, till tomorrow. Have a great evening. Bye bye. Night. Take care. Well, guys. Uh, well, I want to thank you for listening to another show of Night Dream Stock Radio. And tomorrow again, please call in with your scary stories. We like to, you know, talk to four or five people during the couple hours with their scary stories. Again, the number for tomorrow's call in is one two five three two zero three six six eight one. Till tomorrow, everybody have a good one. Talk Radio After Dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show.